I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, a language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. We want to start out by saying a special thank you to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Studio offers some of the best quality sound and best-built headphones on the market without the outrageous prices that other brands offer. They offer a variety of different styles, including over-the-ear, wired earbuds, and completely wireless Bluetooth buds. The two newest models are the Klar, which are over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones that offer 30 hours of playtime. Hold on. 30 hours continuous playtime without being recharged. And the Tolve, which are totally wireless Bluetooth earbuds that offer seven hours of playtime in a case that holds four additional charges for the buds. So check out studio.com where you will find some of the best quality headphones and earbuds on the market. And if you enter Dark Windows 15 at checkout, they will take 15% off your entire order. What's going on, everybody? What? Uh, uh, guten Tag, Herr Listeners. Sounds like ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go for some ice cream right now. Hagendas. Hagendas, everyone. <laughs> that's German for hello. Uh, and goodbye? And no, that's Hawaiian. Oh. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, but it's okay because only you would suffer. Mm. I don't care. So now that we've got our shit all squared away where we do our studio thing on a our shit previous square. part. Our Sadiao. What do you got us to talk about? So, since Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and I know I'm not the only one into painting miniatures and sweet hobby-related funness, if you know anybody or any loved ones that are into painting miniatures, you know what you should do? You should head over to GameEnvy.net, home of the Hobby Holder, the two-in-one multi-purpose little painting tool, or if you want to brush Bastion, a paint hook. Hitting that P's again. Oh, yeah. And any other variety, kind of like little things, that painting miniatures you can think of or hobby-related tools you may need. And then put all that fun stuff in your checkout cart. Put in the promo code BROADSTONE. No? No one's going to smell it? Right. No, no, no. Nope, I think we're good. <laughs> and uh, you'll save yourself 10% off your entire order. Nice. Um, Timely. Fuck yeah. So we are going to, at some point in time, just a little bit of news here. At some point in time, we're going to be running a couple of promos for some other shows. Woo! Yeah. Um, and we still want more art. To yes, come in. We, we need more artwork, people. All of the art. Send us more, because we have not had that many yet. We need more. Yeah, and apparently I'm not allowed to enter because I'm part of the show. Exactly. Listen, Maybe I want a sticker. Hey, your artwork was too good. Okay. No, it wasn't. My wife didn't even put it on the fridge. And my miniature, <laughs> she's just like, yeah, get these fucking things out of How here. How do you put those on the fridge? Magnets. Up, up on the door? No, Seth? magnets. Oh. I you glue magnets on the bottom. Okay, fair Seth, enough. Seth, I said it was good. Okay? Yeah. I liked it, and we just cannot afford to use your artwork. I know. The royalties and everything we have to pay. Yeah, I'm an expensive nuts. bitch. Yeah. You are. Damn oh, you. something else cool. What's cool? Um, If anybody that listens to this gets... um. The ser- a service called Cryptid Crate that's sent out by uh, Derek Hayes that runs uh, Monsters Among Us. The, it's an awesome, awesome show. Um, I've actually called into it before. Anybody that gets Cryptid Crate, I'm not sure if it's this month or next month, you're going to get one of our business cards in it. Wait, and, wait, wait. Yeah. Connections? I don't know. But on the back of the business cards, I still have a couple of these bad boys here because my wife is a genius. Let me see. 
she's like, hey, instead of writing it all by hand, why don't we just put it on labels and stick them on there? I'm like, you're smart. Let's do that. Yeah, and well, we would have her write it because, let's be honest, she yeah. has the nicest handwriting out of all of us. Yeah, and it just tells you where to find us. It's pretty pretty excellent. So Hell yeah, and then maybe we'll throw in more stuff next time. Yeah, but again, with the artwork. Uh, like one of my beard hairs. Oh. No, because I don't want no clones of me. No, we don't need that. We don't need more yeah. fucking giant redheads. Oh, throw in one of my beard, beard, beard's hair. Thing stuff, you know. Clearly, you don't have a beard because you can't say beard. <laughs> Shut up, Seth. Hey, while well, we're sending them things that don't exist, we'll send them a bag of frog hair and chicken teeth. <laughs> Chickens don't have teeth? No. They just oh. got peckers. They eat with their nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Dirtiest uh, animals in the world. They eat with their peckers. Gross. And we'll send you a picture Dude. of a frog that can kiss you. God damn. Well, I, I thought we were just going to send out stickers if you send artwork, but I guess we're going to send out kissing frogs? Mm-hmm. And a special surprise for the winner. Valentine's yeah. Day, you know. Yeah, the the winner, we're still hoping to get you something pretty excellent. So, but anyway, now that we've got all the fun stuff out of the way, let's talk about something awful. Uh, this week, My and... sister's cooking. Ouch. <laughs> she don't fucking listen to this shit. <laughs> got her. So this week and n- at least next week, we're going to be talking about the Texarkana Phantom Murders. Really? Yeah. This one's one that I've always kind of, always been kind of fascinated with because there's a lot of shit that goes into it, and they, you know, it's 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 interesting, to say the least. Is it bad that every time I hear Texarkana, the first thing I do is think of Smoking the Bandit? No, because that's perfect. And I originally thought that's what this like kind of we're talking about was something along those lines, like <laughs> moonshine running or something cool like that. And then you gave me a little snippet. It was like, oh, yeah, no, this is not. Okay, jokes are here to lighten the mood, not to make fun of. You know what? I just thought mm. of the most trucker thing of all time, though. You take this, because you get your Smokey and the Bandit thing with trucker. You okay. Just call it the Texas Phantom 309 Murders. Phantom 309 was a good trucker song. By Can't, who? Red Sovine. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah, dude. I know my trucker music, goddammit. All right. Yeah. Well, your brother did have a CB radio in his Bronco. He had the CB radio and more than just a Bronco. Yeah, he finally retired that damn thing. Oh, that was my dad's from when he was a tr- when he was trucking. That that thing was fucking old. So Texarkana is a small city that straddles the states of Texas and Arkansas, but for being a fairly small town, it has the highest population in all of Miller County, Arkansas. So that's the half of that's in Arkansas is in Miller County. On the, the, Miller like the beer. Yeah, it's the same spelling. Huh? Yeah, but I think that's, no beer runs. No, that, that was Coors, actually. Doesn't fucking matter. It was Coors Heavy that they it's were after. It's all piss beer. <laughs> no, no, they were after Coors Heavy. Is it still around? No, because it yes, sucked. Yes, it is, actually. Okay, then yeah. I'll shut up. What? Coors Heavy. Continue. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't drink piss water. But on the other side, which, which is known, I'm going to say, uh, hey, fuck you, first of all. I like Miller Lite. <laughs> Coors Light is like sex in a canoe fucking close to water. But no Sorry, I got balls, so I drink real man beer. I'm fucking cheap. That's why I drink Miller Lite. <laughs> this is true. And it's good. I can get a six pack of it for like seven bucks and get drunk, so I'm good. He's a cheap date. I am. So you Not get, me. Get him drunk and, you know. Let him loose and tell him to go squash hunting. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. Um, But on the other side, which is known as the Texas side, which is in uh, Bowie County, they have the distinction of having their very own Walmart. That's Dude. fucking like, yeah, they've got their we own have a Walmart, Walmart here. Yeah. Yeah, but so and did they. And we're a blip. 
Yeah. So so do they though. Hey man. They okay. got their own Walmart. So hey, okay. That's what makes the Texas side better than the Arkansas side. Apparently, according to this book that I'm reading, is because they have a Walmart. Oh, Walmart. So the town originally uh, originated due to competing railroad companies and was part of a border dispute with Mexico during the 1800s. Texarkana is a typical quiet little town, but 73 years ago, a masked madman held the dusty little town captive in fear for most of spring of 1946. Oh, snap. Yeah, like, this guy fucked this whole town up. Because that's a real attention getter. Yeah. He fucked the whole town? Uh, We're we're not going to make too many fuck jokes in this one because, yeah. Well, I just made the first one, so. Yeah, let's, yeah, I don't think think there's going to be any more to be made about that, though, because... Well, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. So on the night of February 22nd, 1946, uh, Jimmy Hollis and his girlfriend, Mary Larray, decided to pull off on the side of the road to attend to some business, I guess, in the backseat. Mm-hmm. So Hollis was 24 at the time. Larray was 19. Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's an age difference. Yeah. That's not the worst one we're going to see either. <laughs> that's not that bad. When was this? 1946. Oh, come on now. Yeah. They were in the back of Hollis's dad's car, uh, and the two had been dating for quite a while. The two in the car were supposed to be home by midnight, but as we know, hormones take priority over deadlines and curfews. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously. Everyone, who, everyone who's ever been a kid's like, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. And then you get yelled at by your parents. How am I supposed to be home by midnight when I've got a boner? Yeah, and then you get yelled <laughs> at by your parents, and they say, I'm going to barbecue your ass in molasses, motherfucker. Ooh. Two Diablo sandwiches. Boom! <laughs> there is no way you came from my lawn. When I get home, I'm going to punch I'm your to... mother right in the mouth. <laughs> I'm trying to sneak them in. But, Daddy! I don't care what the goddamn Germans have got nothing to do with this. <laughs> that is not germane to the situation. Uh, okay. So, as the two lovebirds... Uh, yeah. As the two young lovebirds were taking care of business, some paperwork, if you will... In the back seat, they were interrupted by a, a no. blinding flashlight coming through the driver's side window. What are you two doing back there? That's what they thought. They thought it was just like a really shitty timed like police patrol coming by and being like, uh-oh, we got a couple fucking in a car. We got to get them out of here. <laughs> um, so Hollis gets himself together and uh, rolls the window down. And uh, as soon as he did, he he couldn't really see anything because the flashlight was right in his face and he was told to get out of the car. So still thinking at this point in time, it's a cop. We're fucked. So he gets out of the car and closes the door behind him. And when he turned around, he found himself face to face with a guy wearing what they described as a burlap sack with two eye holes cut out of it for a mask. So Jason Voorhees and... In number two. Yeah. Yeah. Zodiac Killer. It's funny you mentioned that. We're going to talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Now look yeah. who's got the ESPN. Yeah, he's got... Minds. I mean, with a story this old, I dare say he's got ESPN Classic. Mm. <laughs> no fucking Joe Frazier and whatnot. What the hell was that? ESPN. Oh, I don't dun, sport. Dun, 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 dun. That's baseball tonight. <laughs> so this guy in the mask immediately just stuffs a gun in his face. Um, Hollis would later say, "Fella, you got me confused with somebody else. You've got the wrong man." And uh, Hollis would later actually would continue to say that later on the masked gunman muttered something like, I don't want to kill you, so do what I tell you. That's kind of a weird thing to do right there. Like, automatically think, okay, he's going to rob us, whatever. Yeah, or having the instant regret. Like, you build up, like, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. I'm going to feel, I'm, I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to kill somebody. And then when you finally push comes to shove, you're like, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. No. <laughs> Back out and that, like, get scared want, or cold feet or whatever. I don't want to play ball anymore. Yeah, like, it was fun to play and talk about it, but it's, I don't really want to put it into action. 
So this is where things get really weird because as Hollis is trying to trying to calm this guy down, the gunman demands that Hollis remove his pants. And when he did, when he's like, take your pants off, he just stuffed the gun right like in his face, like making contact with his forehead, telling him to take his pants off. You're going to make a joke about telling the guy to take his pants off? Yeah, maybe he liked his style of clothing and was like, you know what? Fuck him, man. I don't want to kill him, but I want his pants. I want those kind of bell bottoms or whatever kind of dungarees or denims he's rocking. So instead of like doing the gangster thing and stealing somebody's shoes, he's like, take your pants off. Well, think about it. If he had any holes in his pants or he can't afford a new pair of pants, this dude obviously has got a car. He's got a nice lady, which means he takes care of himself. They have the same waistline, maybe the same inseam. Or was it more of a Terminator situation where he needed his clothes? Uh, no, I think he had clothes. Okay. Although if he's robbing a dude or sticks a gun in it and all he's wearing is a burlap sack and nothing else. Okay, yeah. I'm- that is probably the most baller like way to like go rob somebody. He's like, you have a burlap sack. You could wear the burlap sack kind of as an underwear. No, man, I'm going to protect my face. Well, I'm now always going to see that freckle on your dick. Um, now I'm going to know you as freckle dick. Okay, so I want you to imagine you know, sitting in your car with your wife. Uh, all of a that sudden, would never happen, but okay. A naked man with a burlap bag over his head comes up and starts knocking on the window, telling you to get out and take your pants off. What's your first thought? Uh, is it cold out or you just have problems? This guy's going to try to fuck me. Yeah. And I'm going to punch him in his nuts. <laughs> no, you're not. Because he's pointing a gun at you. Mm-mm. Tiger uppercut. <laughs> Tiger uppercut. Tiger uppercut. And I've seen Krav Maga movies and TV shows and YouTube videos. I know how to def- deflect. All right. If you're ever attacked by a naked man, just remember, grab and twist. Or when in doubt, just start making fun of him and make him cry. Oh, grab his dick with both hands, give him an Indian sunburn. Like, you want me to do this? Yikes. All right, fine. Ooh, or like in Banshee, when he had to do the man love with his mouth and he bit the dude's dick off. What's this? In Banshee. TV show. Never Cinemax. seen it. <clears throat> pretty Never good show. It. Check it out. Yep, so he had pretty much told him, I want you to take your pants off. So, at this point in time, Larray bega- uh, started begging Hollis to just comply with him, hoping that it wouldn't turn vi- any more violent than it already had been. Hollis is take your damn pants <laughs> off again. Yeah. We've already seen everything anyway. Yeah, it's nothing impressive. I mean, just take them off. So, instead, the, the stranger overpowered Hollis and began beating him. In and around the head with the uh, the revolver that he carried, he was he was complying with him, and he just fucking Pistol buffaloed him. his ass. Pistol whipped him, cracked him with it. So as Hollis laid motionless on the ground, the attacker continued beating him until he actually cracked Hollis's skull. Holy crap! The amount of force it takes to crack a human skull is is kind of astonishing. I was kind of shocked. It's about eleven hundred pounds of force to do it. So that's continuously swinging nonstop at the butt of the pistol, you said? No, he was hitting him with a cylinder. Are you serious? Yeah. He, that's he, a lot of force to generate with just that much motion. Like, I can understand the butt because you can swing it like a hammer. Right. But he, uh, he, he, there was a, like, there was an old term from like back in the day that, uh, our buddy Justin Rimmel uses all the time on his show. It's called Buffalo and Somebody, where you hit him in the back of the head or the side of the head with the cylinder and it fucking knocks you like smooth the fuck out. Yeah. It's kind of one of those moments where it's like, if I knew it wouldn't do permanent damage, I kind of wanted someone to do it to me just to know what yeah. it feels like. But the same breath is like, I've been hit in the head with a chair before, because, you know, backyard wrestling, <laughs> and that fucking kills. I've been hit in the head with a hammer. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. yeah but, but I thought buffaloing was like, you, you, you get him like the butt of the... No, it, it's with the, the cylinder. Because you hit him, 
And it's trying to, you know, you're just basically trying to, you know, knock them out. Yeah, but they they use the cylinder because there's less of a chance of the cylinder cracking than than your grips and having to replace them. So use the cylinder, just fucking, just crack them with it. Um, So at this point in time, Larray, who was fully panicked, was thinking that the sound of Hollis's skull fracturing was a gunshot. She said that the, uh, she told the man that they had no money or valuables and tried to hand the man uh, Hollis's wallet. The masked man then demanded her purse and told her to run towards the road. At this point in time, if I'm her, I'm probably freaking the fuck out. Like, okay, my boyfriend's dead, and this guy wants me to run off. I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, it's time to get the fuck out and do not look back. So as Larray ran towards the road, the strange man gave chase, screaming, liar, liar, liar at her constantly as he was chasing her. The man eventually caught up with her and forced her to the ground. Um... Larray would later say that the man did not rape her, but he sexually assaulted her with the revolver. So, what that's... I, like, okay, so... Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff, I'm thinking. Yeah, like putting it <clears> in her <throat> mouth, rubbing it all over her, yeah. flicking lady parts, some really dis- disrespectful bullshit. Uh, the Devil's Rejects, Otis in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Where it just makes everybody uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, as Lorraine tried to fight off the much bigger man, she eventually managed to get free and stood uh, <clears throat> and stood up and told him, go on and kill me. She then ran to a nearby house at 805 Blanton Street where she woke up the, the sleeping family and begged for their help. Shortly after calling the, the police, Bowie County Sheriff H.W. I'm sorry, Bowie County Sheriff W.H. Bill Presley arrived at the first crime scene. And no, he's not related to Elvis. I checked. I wanted to make sure. I didn't even. Go, <clears throat> I didn't even go down that road. Nope. I had to like. It's like, wait a minute. Was Elvis's like third cousin a cop somewhere? That'd be kind of cool. I mean, he was in the army, so. Okay, so uh, Bill Presley arrived at the first crime scene. Both Hollis and Larray escaped with their lives, but would live the rest of their lives with lasting physical and emotional scars. Both would go on to to describe the attacker as a tall man wearing a burlap sack with two slits cut out for eye holes. They could not agree on on the race of the attacker. This could have been a, this could have been fairly important because the population of Texarkana was fairly evenly split between um, white and black at about forty eight percent somewhere in that neighborhood each, with a handful of like Latino and Native American thrown into the mix just for good measure. Uh, Hollis thought the man was white with tan skin from working outside, you know, as you know, like farmer or something like that. Totally makes sense. This is the weird part was Larray thought that the man was black due to his, quote, mannerisms and cursing. So because apparently only black people are <laughs> only black people swear, I guess. Or it could be just Texas, this, but the stereotypical I, way. Like, you know, there are certain ways people say things. Yeah, that's true. That you're like, that you can instantly like, OK, that's a, an Italian way of how they word things or how they roll the R's is more Latino. And fair enough. There are stereotypical ways of way people say things that you could just be like, "Oh, that's a northern way of saying things." Right. Or cuz there's there is a movie uh based on this event called uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown that they made in the 70s where the attacker you don't ever see his skin. It's just mask and like coveralls and gloves. So, unless the guy's talking, it would be a little bit difficult to try to figure out anything like that. Yeah. Know? But at this point in time, the authorities and townspeople still had no idea what was what they were up for. This is just the very beginning of it. In the small hours of the morning of March 24th, a trucker spotted a young man sleeping in an old, old in an Oldsmobile on the side of the road. Worried about the danger the man could be in just sitting on the side of the road, the trucker ran to the driver's side window, 
hoping to wake him up and be like, dude, there's just go find a parking lot or something to sleep in. Yeah, this is not the place to crash, yeah. i.e. sleep. Exactly. <clears throat> when the driver got to the window, he was horrified to find the man was not sleeping but dead with two bullet holes in the back of his head. Holy shit. He then looked in the back seat and found the lifeless body of a teenage girl wrapped in a blanket. These two had not been as lucky as the first set of victims of the Phantom, who both survived. Uh, Richard Griffin, 29, was a retired Navy CB, which is the uh, the Navy Construction Battalion. Oh, okay. Um, They're engineers. Yeah. And his girlfriend of a few weeks, Polly Ann Moore, 17, uh, they had been heading back from a double date with Griffin's sister and her boyfriend at a local cafe and pulled off onto the side of the road for some alone time. They weren't in any rush to get back to Moore's home, and unfortunately, they never would get back there. It's believed that sometime the night before when they were parked, they were approached like Hollis and Larray had been, with a blinding bright flashlight and a uh, revolver. I'm starting to notice a pattern here where if you're going to do naughty things off to the side of the road, uh, some bad shit's going to happen to you. Exactly. Which, to be fair, I wouldn't pull off to the side of the road and be like, let's get it on right now. I'd be like, you know what, let's get back to the house and then do it in the parking lot or the driveway. This this has got a lot of stuff with like... um, like a lot of urban legend stuff, like the the, the hook and like the yeah. bunny man and the goat man and shit like that, where it's always attacking people on the sides of the road. And in their car when they're expecting to have an alone time. Yeah. It's like an abstinence commercial. So, I mean, at this point in time, they still didn't have the um, forensic capabilities to really delve too deep into what really had happened. Um, they're guessing that Griffin had been killed first with the two shots to the back of the head with a thirty two caliber Colt revolver. Moore, on the other hand, had been dragged from the vehicle and sexually assaulted on the blacktop by the attacker. The Phantom then shot and killed her and wrapped her body in a blanket that he found in the trunk of the car and then put her in the back seat. So there's an escalation from the previous events. Exactly. Same setup, but then all of a sudden escalating, giving himself some leniency, some allowances, as we commonly see with serial killers. Exactly. That's a big thing with serial killers is they give themselves these little allowances here and there. And then they finally just go. They cut it. loose. I'm going to do it all. Now, did you did you find anything about the um, anything about that second that well technically would be was it the first couple that they found dead, right or was this is the first couple that that they he, that he had killed? The couple before this was one that got away. Yeah, that he let loose. But if you if you really yeah okay okay I thought you said that I'm sorry I was I was thinking I was just kind of I was listening but. Over, you know, overlisting, I guess, once again. But uh, now, if you look at the age, because I was looking at the ages, I was like trying to figure out the age. Yeah, 20, like, they're, they're both, you know, it's like 20, there's whatever, an age 24, gap. 29, and, then, and 17. Yeah, 29, 17. The, the, the first one was 24 and 24, 19. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still, it's like an you know, older guy, younger girl. But I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think it's just couples on the side of the road, you know? Okay. Um, but unfortunately, any fingerprints that they would have they would have found um, because they, they, this was at the you know towards the very beginning of being able to match fingerprints and stuff like that. Um, it had rained really really hard that night, so any fingerprints that would have been left on the outside of the vehicle were completely gone. Um, but I I didn't put it in here, but I did remember reading it where even though it had rained like a son of a bitch that night, they still found a pool of uh, of uh, Polly Ann's blood behind the car. So could have been protected by the car itself, depending on the way the wind or the rain hit. Yeah, that could be. Um, 
of course, they don't really tell if it was on a hill or anything where it would have washed away. But. Exactly. So when the oh, yeah. when the police arrived on scene, they <clears throat> they found Griffin's pockets turned out and empty, and uh, Morris' purse was in the car but emptied of cash and valuables. So again, they ruled it as a robbery gone wrong, but they were stumped as to why uh, why it had been so violent this time. The only thing that I can really think of is that Griffin tried to put up a fight being, you know, a veteran going, you know, uh, no, you're not fucking with my girlfriend. You're not fucking with me or my girl. Right. I'm going to fucking put you in the dirt. And to shoot the guy in the back of the head, maybe he's thinking, you know, okay, I, I told this guy off and then he turns to go get back in the car and the guy just plugs him in the back of the skull twice and throws him back in. That's maybe that's that's how I would think. If I was going to do this, that's how I would do it. Go, okay, fine, whatever. I'll leave then. Wait till he turned around, pop, pop, throw him in the car. Yeah. You know? Kind of more <clears throat> like uh, he's showing his dominance. Yeah. Type of thing. Or maybe, like, get back in the car, we're going somewhere, and going, eh, fuck it, I'm just going to kill you instead. Well, there are some people mm-hmm. where if they think that this phantom is, if he's acting weak or timid at any point, and this dude being former military... He's like, fuck you. You ain't going to do shit. You're a pussy. Fuck off. Right. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to get my car. I'm leaving here. And you're just going to stand on the side of the road and jerk yourself off. That's all of a sudden when you're he's going to have that light switch moment of like, no, fuck you. I'm literally going to do this now. Yep. And then that's when the escalation happens because now he's been disrespected. He hasn't been listened to. Or like you were saying, Mr. Kevin H, about his masculinity or whatever has been called into play. And he said, nope, I'm not taking this. And the other the other thing to think about is this guy, you know, obviously he was military, but he wasn't like going into combat. He was he was a construction worker. You gonna fuck with a construction worker hand to hand? Not a good idea. I wouldn't fuck with anybody in the military no, hand to no. hand. No, see, because they still all have the same kind of training. Exactly, but CBs. Well, okay, they they can. They are they're an engineer, mm-hmm. so they can be combat ready. Right. So they they knew know how to do all that. Well, understandably, but I mean, hand to hand, he's still going to be a threat. Yeah. Being military, and I mean, if you've ever met most construction workers, they they are pretty fucking. Rude I have folks. a. I can tell a story about my dad who built houses for twenty <laughs> years, who after suffering a stroke and two aneurysms, can still kick my ass, and he has still fucking vice grip hands. He's five six, maybe a buck eighty, and I'm over six one, and I'm like two forty. And I don't fuck with that man because he still has an ungodly strength. But plus, he whooped your ass with a plunger. <clears throat> I guess I'm trying. I'm, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just trying to get you to. This, he's not a construction worker. When no, you're a CB, you're not. You're. It's still the point of he built shit. He's been in the military. He knows how to handle himself. He also knows how to handle himself in other realms other than right. just combat. That, that, that's that's where I was trying to go with that whole thing. That he has strength. He has strength in more levels than just one thing. And again, that's just that's just a theory that I came up with. That's nothing like concrete with the case. Yeah, there's no easy job in the military. Right. There's no job that's like you don't see any form of training. Everything they're trained at the highest level potential possible. Don't fuck with those people. And I mean, th- this is kind of where the Phantom. I think, like, I I think I'm trying to figure out if he would have actually killed either one of them at the first scene, or if this is where he decided to ramp things up. Kind of like uh, Richard Ramirez, where you start start off with like you're breaking and entering, and your robbery, you know, robbery, and then your sexual assault, and then you go, "I'm gonna kill somebody next," because it's the only thing I haven't done yet. It's so, all light switch moment. Certain times things just get flipped. So the the Texarkana Gazette, which was the local paper, ran an article on the at the behest of Sheriff Presley on March 27th. Hi, buddy. Uh, they ran an article 
on March 27th asking uh, asking residents not to spread any rumors or anything because they hadn't seen it with their own eyes. So pretty much, hey, you don't really know what happened, so let's not put the cart before the horse, you know. Uh, there was a cash uh, uh, a crash reward. There was a cash reward offered, but no solid tips had ever been made to the police department. So that's our first four victims right there. Now we're going to talk about uh, Betty Jo Booker. There's a lot of like Pollyann, Betty Jo. It's it, multiple names it, it for gets, one person. It, it got confusing for me where it's like, Jesus Christ, how many names do these people have? Uh, so Betty Jo Booker was a 15-year-old straight-A student who was generally loved by everybody that she knew. Um, as you can tell, when you start a sentence like that in a show like this, it's usually not going to end well for anybody. Uh, she played saxophone in a group called the Rhythm Airs with a guy named Jerry Atkins every Saturday night at the local VFW. So every, every other week, Atkins and another band, uh, another bandmate, Ernie Holcomb, would alternate bringing Booker home because she didn't have her license or a car, obviously. She's only 15. Um, they would bring her home after the shows. Uh, that night, it was Holcomb's turn to bring her home, but Booker told him not to worry about it because she had already set up a ride with a former classmate that was visiting. Uh, his name was Paul Martin. Atkins didn't know that there was a change until he got a call from Holcomb the next day, so he assumed that Booker had made it home safely. At 6.30 a.m. on April 15th, Martin's 1946 Ford Coupe was found by the oh, it was found by the Weaver family, who were headed to Prescott, Arkansas. The trip brought them kind of like right square through Texarkana on their way. So they discovered that the keys were still in the ignition, but no one was in the vehicle. Uh, several miles away, Betty Jo Booker and Paul Martin would be found in, Sp- uh, in Spring Lake Park. Neither the car or the bodies were anywhere near the intended destination. Um, Booker and Martin would be the Phantom's third and fourth victims. Both were shot and killed with a 32 caliber Colt revolver. And like the female victims before her, Booker had been sexually assaulted. Uh, after word spread about the murder, the residents of Texarkana flocked to the, uh, flocked to the park to see if they could get a look at the crime scene and try to add to the investigation. So, again, with people being fucking vultures, like we've talked about the last few weeks. Always seems like a common occurrence. Anything there's, Anytime there's a tragedy, there are fucking people there having to collect shit. Yep. But this one was, this was a little different because it was more like, a, more like a community coming together to try to find what happened to one of their own, kind of. You know, they weren't there farting around with a crime scene trying to take stuff. They were trying to offer any information that they might have to, to the cops, pretty much. Um, but I'm sure there was still the regular just gross shit going on of like, oh, I'm going to see a dead body, you know. Uh, Martin was found almost a mile and a half away from the abandoned car, shot four times and face down in a pool of his own blood. Uh, Betty Joe Booker would be found five hours later and three miles from the car. Booker had been shot twice, and when they found her, her hands were in her coat pockets. So I don't know if she was placed that way. Or if, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just a weird position to find a body in with their hand in their coat pockets. Was there any other uh, any other victims with their hands in their pockets later on? Not that I found. Unless she was reaching in her pockets to try to grab something and just couldn't get, like maybe there was a pen, keys, a knife, something. But they they also don't say if she was shot in the back or not because that could be something where if she was, you know, this asshole just attacked her and she's trying to walk away to go find help. She's got her hands in her pockets. If she's a little chilly or something, they just pops her in the back. Yeah. Both Booker and Martin's body showed sign of a struggle showing that they had tried to, uh, they tried to fight off the, the attacker, which unfortunately didn't work. Um, 
The police couldn't find any reasoning for the bodies to be so far from the car. When police uh, searched the car, they found Booker's saxophone was missing um, and again chalked the deaths up to a robbery gone wrong. So I'm not going to say it's lazy police work, but it's definitely them going, oh, yeah, this is somebody, just a robbery. You know, there's there's no no connection to anything here. You know, it's this is also before the term serial killer existed, too. So they put out alerts to the area to keep an, uh, to keep an eye out for the saxophone matching the serial number uh, of bookers. They put the word out to, like, pawn shops and trade shops and stuff like that, uh, anywhere it could have been sold for cash. Um, for a few months, the missing saxophone was the best lead the police had to try to find any like remnants of a, of the killer on October 24th, six months later, a man named PV Ward and another man named JF McNeef, which I thought was a typo, but it's not. I thought it was McNeil, but it's McNeef. Um, they found a leather case with a saxophone still inside. The weird thing is it was found just a few yards from where they had found Booker's body all that time ago. So I think they were searching. They found her body and were like, Oh shit. And then they just kind of like probably went like a few feet around and yeah. didn't expand their circle of yep. you know investigation. And they were just like, oh shit! Well, we've got our body. So, but by the time that they had uh, they brought the saxophone to the police, they had already closed the case. So it, it didn't make any difference anyway. So the panic in Texarkana had reached an all-time high when Virgil and Katie Stark were attacked. This one was a lot different. Um, this couple was actually attacked at home. They weren't out. You know, necking in a car or something. They were at home. They lived about ten uh, about ten miles outside of town in a little farmhouse. On the night of May third, Virgil, who was thirty six at the time, was sitting in his comfy chair reading the Texarkana uh, Gazette when he was struck twice in the head uh, by bullets that come screaming through the glass window. Holy shit! He was killed instantly, just dead. So Katie, who was already in bed, heard the glass break and headed for the living room, where she found her husband slumped in his armchair. She attempted to call the police when another round came through the window and struck her in the lower jaw, spraying teeth and bone fragments across the living room floor. Mm. This woman's a fucking trooper because the amount of pain that she was in, the amount of fear that she was feeling, and I'm sure seeing your spouse dead has got some really fucked up effects on your brain. She got back to her feet and tried to grab her husband's gun, but was too disoriented from blood loss and pain. I just cry and probably shit myself. Yeah, right? So she then ran from the house towards her sister's house, which is just down the street. And she found the house was completely empty. So she continued next door, uh, which is a, a house owned by the, uh, the Prather family. When A.V. Prather answered the door, Katie said, Virgil's dead and collapsed on the floor into their house. Wait, she had enough strength... To run, knock on the door, say this, and then finally drops. She had the, the strength to run, knock on the door to an empty house, then go to the next house, knock on the door, and then out. That is like adrenaline, like superhuman shit that you only see like when a kid is trapped underneath a car yeah. and a mom lifts it up. And you get that adrenaline dump and like once it's out of your system, you're just like, uh-oh. I think I'm going to put it on record, man. Sometimes I think women are 100 times stronger Dude, than men. She, okay, she was a fucking badass. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because it's like you hear this and you hear other stories and it's like, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden you hear about a woman doing this kind of shit. It's like, if that happened to me, dude, I'd fucking sit there and start crying. And she had the balls to go for her husband's gun first to go, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. He comes in the house. Holy shit, dude. That's <laughs> She was a badass, you know? Wow. So by the time the police arrived, the killer had already fled. Uh 
but again, this one being a little different, took absolutely nothing of value with him. There was no money missing. There was no jewelry missing. Nothing. Didn't so, take anything. I think one of its posted, he was just trying to stick with his usual M.O. of using the weapon mm-hmm. as a phallic symbol and seeing what she did and how she got away. Probably like, oh, fuck, I better get the hell out of here. Yeah. Because I'm not going to mess with this, and she's already gone. There's probably no way he's going to catch up to her. Yeah. My my thought similar to that was he kills him, shoots her. She gets up and takes off, and he's like, fuck, I'm not going to have time to yeah. rob this house by the time the cops get here. I got to get I gotta boogie. Well, a stereotype is that you kill the man, the woman will be defenseless because she's scared, exactly. fearful. You know, fear will take over, and then she won't be able to do anything or won't be able to be on her own. Okay, he probably sees her run, put a shot into her, drop her down the ground. Mm-hmm. Easy target. Oh, I mean, my he, God. He hit her in the head. He probably thought she was dead until she got back up and was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and she was trying to grab her, the gun. And imagine just not even being in this man's shoes, but just imagine seeing that from, like, say, a movie perspective of, like, that is shit that seems like it's made out of fiction. Yeah. It's amazing what the human body can do when it's when it's scared and angry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Endorphins going crazy. So the police again labeled this an attempted robbery gone wrong. It followed the Phantom's MO uh, of using a gun, targeting a couple. The biggest piece of evidence that they connected to the Phantom case was an unfamiliar set of tracks in their driveway that matched tracks from some of the other scenes. So this guy is obviously moving in a car Mm -hmm. and he's leaving tire tracks in a driveway that don't match any of the other vehicles that are there, but they also match some of the tire tracks near some of the other scenes. So this led, uh, this led people in town to think that this was the work of the Phantom. This was the work of the Phantom. And as his final attack on the sleepy little town. Now in November of 1948, the police came to another conclusion. The, a man had been arrested for the home invasion and attack on the Starks. They didn't think it was the work of the Phantom for a couple of reasons. First, the attack, uh, the attack of the home, which was completely, out of the norm for him. He was a, uh, you know, hit and run on the on the side of the road. Yep. Secondly, he used a 22 rifle instead of a 32 revolver. Well, doesn't mean it couldn't have been the same guy. Yeah, cuz multiple people well, if they own one gun, sometimes people own multiples, and if he's using the 22 rifle for this case, he's using it out of necessity right to eliminate the man which he assumed as we discussed a few minutes ago of an easier target. Mhm. And I guarantee you probably had the pistol on him. Probably, yes. As a backup. And as we talked about before, the escalation keeps going. Why, if there's no one on the side of the road and he's got to get his jollies off, why not just go to a house? And then another thing that goes with that, if you're attacking somebody on the side of the road, you're close quarters. Yep. A pistol will work fine for that. A rifle's going to suck. Yeah, we'll try moving around with a rifle inside a closed-in area anytime. Exactly. If you pull up into somebody's driveway and you're like, I'm going to rob this house, but I'm going to kill that guy first. You, rifle, you have a rifle. You pop in through the window from the driveway. You got, well, you've got room to maneuver there so that if anybody else comes through, you can kill them too and not have to be right on top of them. Prime example. All three of us where we live, we all live with our driveways on a major road. Mm-hmm. You go across that road. No one's going to really know anything of what's going on. We're easy targets if right. we're in a window. So then you go from there. You you have a pistol. You have to be a damn good shot. Mm-hmm. You have to be a Martin Riggs to nail that fucking pistol <laughs> shot. I've been watching a lot of Lethal Weapon, folks. 
And but no, but in all seriousness though, and a twenty-two, as we know, is synonymous with a hitman because it goes in, doesn't go out, and right. makes things scrambled eggs, whatever it touches. Yep. And if you kind of are curious about what it's like to use a rifle inside of a house, take your broom and walk around like a rifle and try to maneuver through yeah, your house. Exactly. It's difficult. I think this is just an escalation move. Well, there was a lot of people that still didn't think that the attack was the Phantom. Uh, the Stark scene was covered in the killer's DNA, but this was a little bit before the time of like DNA testing and stuff like that. Um, but after the first two attacks, uh, the police departments from both Tex- from both the Texas and uh, Arkansas sides had beefed up their patrol, especially around secluded little like side and back roads. What had once been a quiet, friendly community where folk didn't really lock their doors and, you know, you could, it wasn't out of the ordinary to walk into your neighbor's house if they were home and just start talking to them without knocking or anything like that. The town became nearly a ghost town after sundown, which is kind of where they get the, uh, the name for that movie, the, the town that dreaded sundown. Cause like during the day you're fine. You got outside after dark, you might get fucking killed. It's like nightmare on Elm street, man. As soon as the sun goes down, you're scared shitless yep. cause you never know who the next target's going to be. So this is about this is forty eight years uh, forty years before DNA testing started. Yeah, so it wasn't like wasn't like a huge different you know huge amount away, but it was still you know was nowhere close to it. But um, there was a lot of businesses that saw a sharp decline in customers, um, especially businesses that uh, played more to night crowds like bars, movie theaters, shit like that. Uh, people were afraid to go outside after dark and very rarely ventured out after dark, fearing that they could be the next victim of the Phantom. The one business that was booming was the local hardware store and the gun shops. This is at a time where you could still go into like, a, I don't know, like an Ace or whatever, for example. Buy a fucking shotgun, no problem. You could buy shotguns at Sears and shit. No big deal. They sold them. Hey, out. they had a Walmart. What's that? Did they have a Walmart? They did have a Walmart. But like, again, this is a time where you could walk into like the local hardware store and be like, oh, I want that rifle. All right, cool. See ya. And I you're as a kid, I bought a... Uh a pellet gun at the local hardware store. And I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. <laughs> so that's, uh, <clears throat> that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Oh, um, come on, man. Yeah. We're going to come back next week and, uh, and maybe finish it up, but I'm not sure. I've still got a lot more stuff to look into with it. Um, but it's, it's a really fascinating case because you have this and then <clears throat> you have the potential that this could be linked to, Possibly the most recognizable unsolved serial killer case of all time. Because from the time that this ended, this streak here ended, to the time that the Zodiac killing started, was in the neighborhood of about 20 years. So if this guy was young when he started doing this, say, call him 20 years old at that point in time. Yeah, like teenager, 18. Yeah, you know, 22, 24, whatever. By the time the Zodiac killing started, he would have been in his mid-early 40s. And that would have matched the description of what a lot of people thought the Zodiac killer was. And then you also have the weird-ass mask attacking couples in secluded areas using a revolver, which was another big thing. But the Zodiac killer mixed it up because he had a re- he used a revolver and he also used a, a 9mm automatic handgun. So, yeah, close quarters. Exactly. Maybe... No... Little bit of a spoiler curiosity here. Was there anything else relating to uh, home invasions in this case? Not that I've found so far. So as it stands right now, mm. well, rough hypothesis or estimation, 
if this is tied to the Zodiac, did the Zodiac do anything with home invasions? No. So maybe this could have been the turning point of sticking with what they knew and what worked. This this could have been a failed experiment. This very easily could have been. The attack on the Starks could have been, let's try something different. Well, that didn't work. Let's go back to what we know. I feel like other serial killers have done that type of thing. They would escalate and, as you're saying, experiment, test something. If it worked, okay, now I'm doing this too. I'm doing A, B, C. I'm going to try D. Nope, that's not working. Let's backtrack and stick with what I know and perfect this, which feels really fucking weird to say. But that's what they do. And then as soon as they get comfortable, then they modify what C is. So there's C.25. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, hmm. Gary Ridgway did a a lot of the shit the same way. Like, and if you believe what people say about that, he killed a hundred some odd women up in Washington, Oregon, that area. But he would, you know, he strangled them. But it started out with, you know, a cord or a rope or whatever. Don't really like this. Switched over to doing it by hand. This is this is good. This is my happy place. And then they said that a lot of them that they found, the strangulation marks would make it look looked like he would turn them around and strangle them so they were facing away from him because he didn't like to look them in the eyes. So you have that experimentation with these fucking monsters that, you know... <clears throat> See, this is why I paint miniatures. I experiment <laughs> with different painting techniques, new colors, new blends, new styles. This kind of shit this is like, well, fuck. And this That's is, a fucked up hobby. This is what fascinates me so much about serial killers is going, why do they do things this way? Why are they why are they not doing it like this? Why are, you know, why why change something that you already have going well, you know? I'm always amazed by the escalation. And then you have people like Ted Bundy who are just like once in a while, oh, I'm going to throw on a fucking costume. I'm going to throw my arm in a cast. I'm going to wait for this girl to help me with my canoe. And she's got it in the air. Crowbar. You know? Like, or, or is it de-escalation? Because he could not have, may have not liked what he did and re- wanted to do something less. So he reverted to, I'm going to shoot them from the outside looking in so I don't have to, you know, be so much hands-on that could versus, be it too and then you know, he really he's like oh i don't like that yeah that doesn't get my kicks yeah. so i might revert back i mean that'd be like having somebody like uh like a ted bundy who strangled people strangle women and or smashed him in the head with something all of a sudden he's like i think i'm gonna try to stab this one and you know eh, don't like that eh. i feel like that was somebody that we watched on like what was it not criminal minds that uh was that Netflix show that you and I were watching? Uh, Mastermind? Yeah. Where I feel like there were some that were like tested and they're like, yeah, I realized after I did it once, I didn't like it. Like, oh, uh, I didn't like stabbing them. It was too messy. Uh, Mindhunter? Mindhunter, yeah. That, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Where like when you go through and you interview him and Ed, like you. Ed Kemper. Yeah. Yep. He find out when he did one thing, he's like, I didn't like it. It wasn't my style. Like I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be fun, but it yeah. didn't become that. I, I think his exact quote was. Stabbing somebody is really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's you like don't really, just stab them once and they die. You know, you you got to really work at it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, knock knock. Who's there? Canoe. Canoe. Can you end this episode so we can <laughs> go do some gaming? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> ah, canoe uh, joke. Dad joke one hundred and one. Did Did I ever tell you the the canoe reefs thing? <laughs> you do look like fat Keanu Reeves. Oh my god! I I was at my parents' house one night before we bought the house. <clears throat> and I don't know what I did, 
my dad walks through the kitchen and he made some comment. He's like, oh, you look like fucking Canoe Reeves. And I'm like, who? <laughs> He's like, yeah, that, you know, that actor. I was like, Keanu Reeves? He's like, yep. To be fair, though. Fucking Canoe Reeves. <laughs> your dad's called me Sally since day one of meeting me. And I'm like, dude, I'm bigger, stronger, and faster than you. I will not fuck with you. But again. It's Marcy, by the way. Not Sally. No, he calls me Sally. <laughs> no, that's what I would have said to him. Like, my name's Marcy, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's why at my wedding I called him Sally when we wished him happy birthday. Oh, my God. He turned like fucking tomato red. That yeah, I thought good. he was going to kick my ass and then come up and give me a beer for finally giving it back to him. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's the end of this one. Um, like I said, i got to finish up the book that I'm reading, and uh, we'll have this probably done. I'm guessing this will be done next week. Definitely an but, interesting episode. I'm excited for next week. Yeah, me too. I, I, This book that I started reading, like once I really got into it, it was, not, I can't really say it's hard to put down because I'm reading it on my Kindle. So don't, <laughs> it's it's a real, uh, a real, you know, real page right turn. swiper. Page turner. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to swipe left to turn the pages. So, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I thought it was an interesting topic. So, and I've been itching to do some more true crime shit. So. Yeah, but eh, anyway, what? Uh, what? You, you got stuff to talk about. I do? Yeah, you do. Uh, what? Oh, that thing. That thing that hobby holds. What? The hobby that holds your things. What? Yeah, that thing. Hmm. Yep. Fuck. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he's talking about, obviously, I said it at the top of the show, I'll say it at the bottom of the show, we're talking about the hobby holder from Game Envy Creations. Their site is GameMV.net. Like I said before, with Valentine's Day coming right around the corner, head on over there, pick out a loved one, a sweet hobby-related tool, so that way when they're painting their miniatures, you can watch them smile with joy as you give them candy and a hobby holder. Because you know what? You can get the hobby holder in pinks, purples, and all variety of different colors. And then when you do that, you put it in the cart, and you go to checkout. You put in the promo code BROADSTONE. That's me, folks. We got over this. And you will save yourself $10 off the entire order. And where can you buy stuff to put on that hobby holder? So, there's a variety of different locations that you can buy cool stuff, gaming-related or collectible or comic book-related. However, our personal favorite is... (laughs) The only one we're contractually obligated to talk about. (laughs) No, they're like... You're related to them. That's, That's not true. contractually <laughs> obligated. That's because we enjoy them. They I was have trying great... to be a smartass. God. Stop being a smartass because they're great people. They are good people. They are probably one of the best places that have the best prices for miniatures, card games, board games, comics, and all sorts of collectibles. But we've talked about it before, and I'll bring it up again. If you are in a miniature game system or a gaming system and you want to get out of it, and you want to either put it towards something else, something totally different, new game, new collectible, new comic book, like what I typically do, head on over to Dicehead.com, home of Dicehead Games. They're located in Cleveland, Tennessee. And when you go to their site, that's Dicehead.com, there is a little tab that says Miniature Trade-In Program. You click that, you follow the prompts, you take pictures of what miniatures you have, you send it to them. Within about two to three business days, it usually takes them a little while because they want to make sure to get you the best price. They will come back with an offer for those miniatures. You send them down. doesn't matter if they're painted, unpainted, on the sprue, off the sprue, glued together. does not matter. As long as they are complete, they will give you one of 
the best prices possible to put it towards store credit or cash. Go store credit, folks, because that way you get really good deals on goodness. And you know what? Like I said, they're family, they're friends, and I can't wait to see them at Adepticon. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the uh, artwork? We already did. We'll do it again. In case, what if they missed the beginning of the episode? What if they're coming into it late? Yeah. <laughs> Send us artwork. We're looking for it for a new new design for the podcast. Send it to uh, darkwindowspod at gmail.com. Yep. By March 1st. Yep. The winner is going to be... We won't tell select- what the winner is going to get. Well, no, because... Or we, not get. We still don't know what the winner is going to get or not get. Everybody's going to get a sticker if you send a shit, though. Yeah. Um, Maybe the winner will just get a picture of me with a sweet Hulk Hogan-style pose. I've got an idea, though. 8 by 10 I'm thinking if we get the winner, whoever... Okay. We get him, like, a nice, like, glossy, like, 8 by 10 picture... Of me standing like out on the back lawn, like hopefully it's like green and not snowy by then, in the kilt with no shirt and just holding like a glazed donut over each nipple, my hair all on the wind and shit, it'd be fucking sexy. Dude, I'll dress just... up as Ariel. Ariel? Yeah! Because I'm a redhead. It'll work. <laughs> Apparently, you know, she's in the new uh, Aquaman. Really? There's a redhead wearing green. Oh, no shit. Okay, fair enough. Ariel. How would you send him a sticker that has our three faces on it? No. We can, we can do all that of That is boring we love our fans we want to give them the goodness and who doesn't want a, a sexy picture of a fat man in a kilt with no shirt on <laughs> I my, my hand's not I up know. in the air dude i we, definitely want it we could photoshop like a rainbow in there and like a unicorn it behind it make it look like a like a i could be the world's tallest novel. leprechaun taking my pot of gold and doing a little thumbs up in the back corner so perspective wise i'm really small yeah even though i'm the one of the tallest ones here yeah that'd be perfect all right, people. Make, make it look art. Like a, it'll look like a romance novel cover. <gasps> oh, yeah. you could be the Fabios because you got the beautiful hair. It, oh, shit. I'll just be like standing there and shit with my kilt and have Kevin like sit on the ground in front of me, like hugging my leg and looking up at me all like, he saved me, you know, and Seth standing in the back like a bad guy, like fucking Bluto from Popeye. <laughs> no, I was thinking Dick Dasterly. The <laughs> <laughs> this is going to work. We got to get yeah. you a dress, dude. All right. Like I said, <laughs> send in artwork. We want to make beautiful arts to send back yeah because we need a new logo because ours is ours is tired it needs a nap not that we need one we would like one yeah it'd be nice it'd be pretty rad it's almost a year come on yeah yeah and yeah we got new promo codes we got another new sponsor ie dicehead.com yeah and why not you know put up a new logo and we'll give you a shout out oh and you know kevin h is doing some ninja shit in the background working on another sponsor too but we're not going to talk no, about that one let's cut that part out why because we don't want to let them know that. What, that we're working on getting another sponsor? We can let That's them know. fine. We don't have to say what it is, we're, you know? Exactly. We're just, it's Captain all... Captain Vague Pants. We'd be vague. Yeah. We're, you're doing it all behind the scenes. You're like a fucking... Wait. You're like throwing smoke bombs and shit. <gasps> what? Fat Man throws a smoke bomb, tries to run, and runs into the wall. <laughs> you never can... Fu- fuck off, dude. Oh! I've done that before, just without the smoke bomb. Oh, I was thinking Kevin <laughs> Smith, when he did it one time as Fat Man, it was... Oh. Comic Con. Never mind. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, you can contact us at uh, on Facebook. Boom. Uh, Dark Windows Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter. We're both there. We're at both of those at uh, Dark Windows Pod. Boom, boom. Um, go check out ageofradio.org forward slash Dark Windows. Boom. That, that's our official page through uh, our uh, network. Um, down at the bottom, you got links for all the. All the sponsors and stuff where, you know, you can go and buy stuff through them. It's pretty awesome. Most important place. 
You can also email us at Boom! Gmail. Whoa, whoa. What I said earlier. Yeah. Darkwindowspod at Gmail. Yeah. Because that's where they got to send the arts. Exactly. That's where the art needs to go to. And Mr. Kevin C, where can you find yourself? Uh, I find myself at home usually. Uh, oh, uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. I'm on the page constantly. Uh, my Instagram is kcarlton87. Uh, I don't have a Twitter because I'm an old man and I don't like to use it. And Big Ginger. That was hurtful. <laughs> eh, go with it. All right, I will. I am at Broadstone underscore creations where you can see me make art. But no dark windows art because I'm not allowed to enter. You, what about you, Mr. And you big fat kid, Kevin H. Where can you find yourself? Oh, hey. I Bitch, I was going to give you a sweet-ass intro, man. Nothing negative like that. Kevin, oh, I Kevin called H. myself a fat kid earlier this week. It was funny. Kevin H., where can you find yourself? Well, self. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I can find myself every time I look no, in the wait. reflection. What's up, you sexy fuck? I have a story to tell. You're like Jin we... the Anvil Neidhart had a baby with a beard. Anyway. <laughs> I have a story to tell to, to, to rag on my own self before we go off. I miss him. I was doing an, an inspection at a place in southern Vermont, and I had a lady. Hey, shut the fuck up! Continue. I had a lady that uh, that said to me and the other gentleman that was with me, "Hey, you just got done in my room, you know, doing the inspection." Yeah, is that what you call it nowadays, yep. kid? Bam. You go do an inspection yep. in a room, testing those fire. Yeah. Testing. Smoke detectors and testing the CO detector. Testing her buttons. Penny inspector. And, <laughs> and she oh, said, sex kitten. And she said to us, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shut up. He's telling a story. Oh, you are just fucking being disgusting, though. Anyway. She anyway. said to us, would you like any, would either of you boys like to have a snack or, you know, something? She yeah. Really like, oh, Want to get at this cotton candy? And she Ow. said, I have little Debbies. Well, yeah. I'm that, interested. I was like, hey, that's like saying to a fat kid, do you want cake? I was like, yes, I do. Little Debbies is for cake. And I she, I was like, I'm a fat kid. And she instantly went, she started laughing and went right back inside, goes, comes back out. I have zebra cakes and I have something else. I went, I'll take the zebra cake. What was the other thing? Do you remember? No fucking Were clothes. they those cosmic brownies? Like the ones that are made no. out of like. Ricey caramel? No. 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 Swiss cake rolls. Oh, dude, that's a tough choice. Wow, that I, is tough. I, 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 I will go with the zebra because you get the two and you can sandwich them and make one epic bite. Hot take. I'm taking the Swiss rolls because I what I do is I bite the ends off, okay? Just okay. The very ends. Then I just take all the other chocolate off with my teeth and then I eat it like that. See, with the jelly rolls, mm. I'll take a bite of both ends and just the jelly rolls, jam it in my face. The jelly rolls are too sweet for me. You fucking yeah, they, weirdo. They hurt my teeth. Anyway, with that said, uh, you can find me anyway at yeah. at Speedy802 Boom. on Instagram. Shit, we took the long way to get there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's okay because we got a good story because now I want zebra cakes. Oh, I've got ring dings downstairs. You fucker. Hey, you know what that means? That's that's a ring ding sound opening. Time to pop. Beer 30 pop. time. Yeah. I love you, Justin. <laughs> so just, you know, I'm, you know what? You just, don't want to have a look in the dark. Well, you can look just, in just a dark Just because window. you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that there's not some psychopath in your driveway with a rifle. But always remember, we love you. Kisses. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. I still love you. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. And now, and now the somewhat, the somewhat exciting, exciting conclusion, conclusion of the Dark, of the dark Windows, Windows podcast. podcast.
I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, a language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. We want to start out by saying a special thank you to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Studio offers some of the best quality sound and best built headphones on the market without the outrageous prices that other brands offer. They offer a variety of different styles, including over-the-ear, wired earbuds, and completely wireless Bluetooth buds. The two newest models are the Klar, which are over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones that offer 30 hours of playtime. Hold on. 30 hours continuous playtime without being recharged. And the Tolv, which are totally wireless Bluetooth earbuds that offer seven hours of playtime in a case that holds four additional charges for the buds. So check out studio.com where you will find some of the best quality headphones and earbuds on the market. And if you enter dark windows 15 at checkout, they will take 15% off your entire order. What's going on everybody. What's up. How do they do interneters? How was, uh, how was everybody's week? Huh? Uh, interesting. Yeah. I've definitely been doing a lot of work around my house recently. Get some like uh fake spring cleaning. Mm, yeah. Nice. I'm leaving it at that. Too much too much stuff to talk about. <laughs> I did that last week. Oof. Sucks. When you realize like I have way too much shit. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and then you keep going, you're like, I have way too much shit. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just gonna throw you away. <laughs> then I just put it in other boxes, you know. Keep it for a later date. Yeah, I'll throw this away later. Yeah. I built a bookshelf. I see. It looks good. <laughs> that was uh, that was my side project for this week. You done good, kid. You done good. And of course, when you, you get like right up on top of it, nope, you it looks fine. Down. Shut it's, up. It's crooked as fuck because the wood was all warped and shit from being It doesn't the matter. It <laughs> looks good. I like that color. Yeah. The, the whole thing cost me... Uh, well, I mean, for materials and stuff, it was like 12 bucks because I had to buy stain and rags. But then I also maybe talked my wife into letting me buy a new Milwaukee tool to cut everything off with. It was like 80 bucks, but I'll use that for work anyway. So Usually the way it works around my house <laughs> is that if I do any home improvement job, I get to buy a new tool. So I, I will or buy the new tool and then use it on said project. I didn't do it this time because I have everything. I was like, I don't need any more crud. Do you, do you have a copy, like a blank copy of that contract? Because I need one of those for for mine. <laughs> no, you, no, you just say, like, honey, if you want me to do this, that's fine. However, you get what you want. I get a new tool. Yeah. If that doesn't work, then you buy the new tool and be like, why'd you buy this? Uh, because I need it for this project. Exactly. That's a good a call. Duh. Fuck, you're smart, dude. Skills much, much smarter than you look. Yeah, much smarter than you look. I'm. You're smarter than all three of us look. Oh, <laughs> would that work with my dog? Yes. He, he just, give he a just shit. Sit there looking at you like, what the fuck are you even talking about? You don't have ham. <laughs> <laughs> pet me, motherfucker. No, don't pet me. I don't like you. Just Did you say you just gonna give me food? What? All right, pup. I will give you food if you let me buy this tool. Whatevs. Go buy Pie. whatever you want, kid. I want all the food. Give me now. Oh yeah. Spe- speaking of buying tools, I had to replace a bunch of tools because some cocksucker stole my drill and impact driver out of my car at a gas station. So if you're listening mm. to this, if I find you, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm going to taser your nutsack. Speaking of tools, Seth. Uh, oh, about- <laughs> shit. That was the best of the shitty transition so far. Yeah, and you ruined it with your computer noise. No, I think we kind of 
You owe people a beer. Balls. So the fun little tool he's talking about with, you know, Valentine's Day coming right around the corner. And you know I'm not the only one that likes to pay miniatures. There's other people out there. You have people that you love, like, deal with. Sure. You know, that pay miniatures or like to be in the hobby world. Head on over to GameEnvy.net, home of the hobby holder. I said it before, I said it again, and I'll keep saying it. It is an amazing tool, one multi-purpose painting tool that will help you get all those fabulous little details on your miniature. Get all what you need, put it in the cart, put in the promo code Broadstone at checkout, and it will save you 10% off the entire order. Nice. Well done. Yeah, he's currently in Vegas. Oh, Kit? Yeah, for LBO. Nice. Going to be at Adepticon in less than a month. So he's going to be there? Mm-hmm. Do him a, do me a favor when you get there when you see him. Hug him. Give me Got a, it. Give him a big hug and like maybe like gently tap his butt or something. Nope. Or high five. I'll give him a high five. Okay. Kiss him on the mouth. Mm, <laughs> not till we really get to know each other the after cheek. a couple beers. Listen, they have to right go on a first date first. Does he have a beard? Yes. Beard kissing. He's got actually sweet little handlebar little curls coming. Fucking fabulous, dude. Beard kissing. That's all you got to do. It'd be perfect. So back to serious talks though. So, like we were talking about with uh, the Kentucky Hornswoggler, the what? Who? The what? I don't know. No, we're still in Texarkana. We're nowhere near Kentucky. Oh, oh! Don't sorry. pick fights with Kentucky. And Jesus That's my Christ, job. dude! Fucking giving sad. away next week's episode where we're going to talk about the South, you know, the South Illinois Butt Bandit. Fuck! I was actually wondering if we're going to talk about the Wet Bandits. I said the Kentucky Butt Burglar. Wet Bandits. Butt, butt Burglar, bandits. Butt Bandits. They're the same people. <laughs> wet, wet bandits. You know, I love that movie. Oh, thank you. I was like, I the first also... two were good. The third one was a fucking abortion. The fourth one was horrible. So let's let's pick up uh, where we left off last week. Um, also, that woman's still a badass. Yes. Oh, the one that got shot and then ran and then kept going and then. And you know, I I got a we got a message on Instagram from uh, one of our followers on there that said he's heard reports where. He had heard what we said, where she was shot once. He had also heard where she had been shot two or three times in the head and then still ran off. Jesus. Either way, that's a bad bitch. <laughs> no, we're not even calling her a bad bitch. That is no, a badass I, woman. I mean that in, like, the most respectful way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, um, scary-ass shit, bro. I couldn't even imagine. Like, I got shot in the head with a pellet gun once. And yeah. A BB gun, paintball gun. Never an airsoft gun, thankfully. Oh, those ones, those ones. Got suck. hit in the head with a chair. Like a lot of these times, this shit has made me like cry and whimper. I can never imagine like actually like a real, yeah, headshot. I get hit in the head with a hammer. That doesn't feel good. Yeah, no thanks. <sighs> All right. So the Texarkana ass burglar. Well, he was a phantom. He wasn't, you know, not so much of a ghost or a phantasm. Because I, oh, what if he's the Texarkana phantasm? That's way fucking better, I think. From Batman? The Phantasm? The Texarkana Orgasm? You're talking about, like, sexual content a lot, man. No, Wrong dude, show. Th- Wrong that's, that's, show. That's when you get a reach around, but they put your, their <laughs> finger in your pee hole while they're doing it. That's the Texarkana Orgasm. Ooh. Yeah. So you're no. getting, like, fingered and jacked off at the same time. It's fucking intense. Doesn't I, feel good. I don't want to know. There's usually blood involved. It's great. Okay, so... <laughs> all so, right. The Texarkana... Uh, I don't know. Phantom. 
Yeah, Phantoms. What are you looking for? That, was he a serial killer technically? Ah, uh, yeah, because by, by, by the standards now. Yeah, because he killed four but people. More, but he's more like what a spree killer, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's on that like gray area spree killer, serial killer kind of deal. Because he's not like, you know, he was just what four people. Yeah, four, well, five people. Three people makes you a serial killer. But well. By today's standards. Yes, but this is before the term serial killer existed, so he was would have been a quote-unquote maniac. Oh. Yeah. A wild man. Something like that, like a maniac or some something like that, because they didn't have, you know. Uh-huh. But yeah, he killed four people over the course of like three months, so. Was it, f- it was four? Yeah, well, or was it five? It was four. Well, because you had the, the two. You had the, the young couple in oh, the no, car. Oh, no, the first, yeah, they didn't kill them. No, he had the young couple in the and car that they the found next, in the park, and then the family, the uh, the man and his wife yeah, at the house. Yeah, had that the first young couple that he, he kind of let go. Yep. After he made one strip. Yeah, and he, he fiddled the lady with the pistol, which yeah. is gross. I think it would have so. been closer to, like, like we said last week with uh, Otis in the hotel room for Devil's Rejects, where he was just, just being a fucking generalized creep with a pistol. Trying to prove dominance and everything. Yeah. Um, so at this point in time, the town that had usually had been really friendly with, you know, everybody loved their neighbors. You could just wander around the street. You could go into your neighbor's house without knocking shit like that. <laughs> kind of reminds you of some places up here, right? You know, yeah, you leave your doors unlocked, have fun. Yeah. Like when we were growing up, Kevin, we just fucking walk right into the other person's house. Who gave a shit? You know, we knew who the other one was, you know, you just, it was, we were neighbors. You just fucking walk in. All of us. Yeah, exactly. All uh, of us when we grew up. Yeah. Did that. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Um, so this was now turning into a town of people that very, very, very rarely left home after dark. They were buying ammo and rifles and shotguns and everything whenever they got chances to. And they're having deadbolts installed, which is a really was a big thing for the town because, again, people didn't lock their doors. And now they're locking them down, like locking their houses down like prisons. Some of the families went so far as to booby trap their houses to keep the keep safe from the phantom. Um so it kind of, it's kind of like basically what everybody was doing for uh, Son of Sam. Yes. And yes. Berkowitz. And, yes. Because you know, everybody was like, oh, we got to, you know, it kind of put everybody on a, on a on high alert. Exactly. Um, except this would have been more like Home Alone style booby traps. like Putting well, no, nails no, no. on the <laughs> stairs, heating well, up a door yeah. handle with like a little curling iron. Well, I, I didn't because, I mean, I didn't know. I don't know if anybody actually did that with. Berkowitz, but I knew that people were I like, people okay, did. hey, you know, you, you come home at night, you know, you don't travel out by yourself as right. a, if you're a woman. Right. If you are, you travel as a group. Uh, I mean, you, you had women you that know. went so far as to cut their hair and dye it different colors so that they the wouldn't be targeted by him. But with this guy, it's not so much if you – doesn't make a difference if you're one or two or if you're two – You'd have to be probably more than two right. for this guy because right. he wouldn't really give a rat's ass if you're just uh, two. Because, well, as we talked about with in the first episode with, well, he went and he pretty much scared the living shit out of that young couple. He beat the fuck out of, uh, out of uh, then, Jimmy Hollis. And then went to the next couple and, well, he kill- Actually, and, no. it, it escalated to killing them. I apologize. He killed six people. Because he had the first the first couple that got away. Well, he let him go, didn't right? He? Yep. Yeah, those ones got away. Where he beat the guy with the pistol, and she ran off. And that wasn't enough. 
And so then, then you had the second couple where he, uh, with the CB that was killed in the car with the girl in the back seat. Yeah, the, and then they then found you had, those two separate places. Yeah, no, those ones were both found in the car. The next couple were found in the in the separate places with um, Betty Jo Booker and I can't recall his last name was Martin. They were found in the separate places, and then you had the Starks. Well, okay, so five people because uh, Mrs. Stark survived. So five yeah. people. Yeah. So I, you know. Okay, so five. Yeah, I, I thought four, but it was five, yeah. Um, Which, if he, if he had shot right, he she probably wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah I, I'm so amazed that she survived dude, that, because getting shot and the bleeding and the adrenaline and the, how the blood pumps uh, pumps out. Did yeah. you did you find it? Because I know we had a comment from a, from a listener that said that they had heard that she had been shot uh, multiple times yeah. in the head or whatever and survived it. So did you see anything? That- I, I saw reports where she had been shot like upwards like once or twice. But if she was shot, if she was shot more than once, they were like pop, pop, like very rapid succession shots because they hit very close to where the other one was. So nothing concrete that says nothing that she really actually concrete. I didn't was find, shot twice. I didn't find any like medical records or anything, but I also didn't really dig into it that deep for that part. Could have been a grazing shot. Exactly. It Not could have like been. actual like a penetration shot, more like one just nicks her and she keeps going. So yeah. like so this guy was kind of as we can see, he was, you know, he stepped up his game. He went from all right, I wanna see what I can do here with the first couple. As far as we know it's the first couple. Yeah. Because it could be more you know, something else. Then he went to murder, went, Oh, hey, I like that, went to murder again, then went to go do then it's like, Hey, I'm gonna step out of my comfort zone here. I'm gonna try to Go to the people's houses. I'm gonna bat from the other side of the plate and see what, how see how I do or, there. Not houses, their house. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a pull off, or I'm gonna be out away from, and I'm gonna shoot them. This, you know, yeah. But we don't know if. I mean, I guess we have. Did we get to the point of whether did he strike again after that? Uh, not in Texarkana. Those the the attack on the Starks was the last uh, the last attack in Texarkana. Probably noticing that his escalations, things are getting a little bit more of a lockdown on the town. People are being a little bit more cautious. Yep. Thus causing things to be a little bit more difficult for him and not easily accessible, like how these previous people were. Because if he's not liking what happened with the home invasion angle, right, he's going to go back to what he knows his comfort zone is, which is people that are on the side of the road, people by themselves. Do what you do best. And and the thing was like after the attack on the Starks, I I'm gonna I'll, I'll get into that part in a little bit with with what I've got for that. But like some of the one of the booby traps back to that that I saw for um, where these families were booby trapping their houses. One of them was they locked the door, they tied a pot of because their stove was right next to the front door. Mm-hmm. They tied a pot of boiling water to the inside of the doorknob, so if somebody opened the door, it would have fucking tipped it onto them. So that's. That's cheaper than ADT. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd be able to know they would oh, run out, and then you hear somebody screaming, and you see them with bolt like scalding burns. Oh yeah, you 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 definitely hear that. Somebody fucking shrieking from a blister, like their leg just instantly blistering up from boiling water. Did they do anything like as far as not with their houses, like vehicles? Because since he liked to uh, get them in the vehicle and when they're parked. Not really, but there's a good reason for that, and I'll, we'll we'll get to that here in a little no. bit. So, okay, I got to refresh. Okay, so, um, he he stopped them. Did he? Did he? 
they were stopped, right? Yes. All of them yeah, were they stopped. Were, Most of them were stopped on the side of the road he having a little neck session. Necking. Okay, he little didn't stop. Sexing. He didn't come up. He didn't like, you know, do like flashlights no, and stop. No, nope, none of that. He okay. would he would wait till they were stopped. Just just wanted to refresh her, you know, yeah. for everybody to be like, okay. So the other the other big thing that happened a lot was there was groups of uh of boys from like the local high school and the the local college that would were banding together. They were out patrolling the street with fucking baseball bats, makeshift weapons, night and stuff, watch type of thing, exactly. security detail. They're out looking. They're out actively looking for this guy. Like we're gonna beat his ass when we find him. Unfortunately, what if he was one of those people. <laughs> Dude, did you read this? Did ESPN you, man? Did you fucking read this before I nope. just pulled it up? Okay, I got that ESPN. Okay, <laughs> you scared the shit out of me there for a second. <laughs> so, I come with a phone and that's it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know if I was like, like, did I accidentally fucking email you or something? <laughs> nope. I come so, with a drink, a phone, and a taskmaster. Bad attitude. Bad in a good way. Punchy. <laughs> anyway. So during the, these times, uh, there were consistent, there was, oh, consistent. There were constant rumors and news that someone's son or nephew had been arrested and the, you know, the police were ready to, to officially file charges on somebody, this, that, the other. None of it was true. Which small town speculation exactly and rumor mill? What's uh? Oh, what, the, what the hell do they say? Letter Kenny. Bad gas travels fast in the small town. Something like that. Telephone game. Everybody knows gossip. You tell one person, don't let it go anywhere. Don't worry. Hey, did you hear about what's going on? Don't don't tell anybody. I'm not supposed to tell anybody. You're not supposed to know this. I don't know. Yeah, this. Did you hear Billy Ray Jenkins? He got arrested for what? I don't know. He must have been. He must have been the Phantom. He couldn't have been. You know, him touching. Out. He couldn't have just been out fucking drunk streaking again. So as you can kind of tell, like with rumors and shit flying around, it made the job that the police were trying to do a lot harder. So because they're, you know, they're out trying to put these rumors to rest. We we haven't arrested anybody. We're not filing charges. Yada yada yada. And they're still trying to do an investigation. So that makes it fucking like kind of difficult for them to keep everything straight. Um, after the attack in the Starks, the town was flooded with media and law enforcement agencies from all over the area, as you'd probably guess with, you know, being a small town and crazy shit going on and everybody wants to know. There was This was the most attention that the town of Texarkana had ever received for anything. Um, Until a little movie came out. Exactly. So from, if, if I was the Phantom and I'd seen all this media and all these different law enforcement agencies coming into town i'd have fucking split but i would have been very quiet about it i wouldn't have been like i would cover it i'd be like you know what i'm leaving they're like why are you leaving i don't want to this yeah. is apparently an unsafe town i don't want to yeah. be here anymore i'm getting out of here i got transferred for work something like that you know you're not like fucking screaming out of town tires squealing and shit just very i just blame the killings yep. like i'm out here because of all these killings the group that led this investigation were no absolutely no fucking joke and we all know why the Texas Rangers got involved. They Walker, came in. Texas Ranger. I think the guy that that led this investigation is actually the basis for him because he's a pretty fucking badass. The man that led the Texas Rangers was a man by the name uh, was named. Whee. No, I don't think he made that noise. Nolan he Ryan. he was he was he grew up in Texas, so he might have. Never mm. know. <laughs> so leading the the uh, fuck. The man at the helm for the uh, the Texas Rangers was a man by the name of Manuel Lone Wolf Gonzalez. What a badass name. Again, if I was the Phantom and I knew that a dude whose nickname was fucking Lone Wolf was after me, I'm gone. 
I'm moving to a different fucking planet at that point. <laughs> fucking vapor, bro. Hailing from San Antonio, Texas. No, actually. <laughs> believe it or not, he was actually the first Texas Ranger of uh, of Spanish descent. And when I say Spanish, he was born in Spain, not Mexican Spanish. Oh. Yeah, which I was like, when I first read it, I, I typed it in. I was like, oh, he was the first, uh, the first Texas Ranger captain of Mexican descent. And I looked again, and I'm like, no, no, he's, he's Spanish. Like... He was also known as a quote-unquote ruthless charmer. I'm not real sure what to make oh, of that. Ladies loved him. He's like Antonio yeah. Benderas. But, but, like, was he, like, aggressively charming? <laughs> yeah, you look at him like, wow, man, I'm, like, just, like, I'm in pain because how beautiful you are. Like James Bond aggressively charming? Like, no. No does not mean no. No means yes. Five no's in a row means no. <laughs> Is that, that's where I'm, I'm thinking here. I don't know. I could go with it. I could see it. Okay. Huh? Repeat that one more time from the Okay, top. so like James Bond, he never he never took no for an answer from a woman. Watch any love scene with that yeah. man, and she's pushing him away, pushing him away, and, and he's just, like, just no, 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 you love it. Prime example, Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, dude, is there any other James Bond? Sean Connery in no. Goldfinger when he has was it Alada or the the pilot? They're they're doing a judo fight in the barn, and she keeps like no, 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 and he's like yeah, yes. yeah. Sometimes you gotta give him a slap in the face. Your mother's a whore, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they neck in the they neck in the yeah. barn. They neck in the barn. Bam! That's aggressive lover. Yeah. Uh, or he, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey was based off this dude. We don't know. Safe we'll, word, we'll, pineapple. We'll, we'll never know. Pineapple. Safe word, deeper. <laughs> <laughs> safe word, bitch. Hmm. So when harder. When I was reading about this guy, the first thing that kind of popped into my head, like. I bet he looks like the sheriff from House of a Thousand Corpses, like this big, kind of like bulky, bald dude with oh, a that, mustache. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, looks like he about. doesn't take shit from anybody. Not and not his brother, right? No, well, his brother also didn't take shit from nobody, neither. But they also like he, of two people of different descent. He kind of yeah, that was weird, right? They, they he kind of looked like a cross between the two of them, but he also did not look like he took shit from nobody. Um, Probably took his job very seriously. Oh yeah, he was fucking hardcore. Like, because wasn't the brother, wasn't he, wasn't he a Texas Ranger? Yes, they were both were. Yeah, just one was Latino. No, looking. Uh, I no, I thought the, the no, they were, they were sheriffs. They were uh, Rugsville sheriffs. They weren't. Uh, no, because maybe was no maybe the, the bro- brother was the a brother ranger. That was in uh, Devil's Rejects. He was a ranger. That's right. Was a ranger, and then the one House of Thousand Corpses was, was a sheriff. Was the sheriff? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Tom Howells and was then that the, guy. The uh, transvestite from Sons of Anarchy was the deputy in the first one. Yes. Venus. That was the older brother. <laughs> yep. See, like that's what I thought of. It's like just fucking hard boiled, like Texas cop, and you're just like, dude, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. Yeah, dude, look at that man. He'd whoop your ass. Look you at got that, that mustache. sweet womb broom and an excellent little flavor saver for later. <laughs> that fucking mustache has its own zip code. <laughs> dude, he could be uh, Liver Eating Johnson. Robert Redford was though. Oh, actually, he can't. He's dead. Yeah, 2015. Uh-huh. Damn it. Damn. That hit a little bit deep. Okay, so continue. Let's get back to it. Uh, Gonzalez spent a lot of time providing uh, interviews for national newspapers and radio shows about the investigation. Um, so I'm hearing that he probably said a lot of no's and we're not talking about it, and I mean it type thing. Yeah, uh, it was. There was a lot of ain't no need to get excited yet. Stay calm. You know, but this was also the same guy that was telling towns fo- town folk like, "Go buy guns, prepare yourself to defend yourself." Well, it is Texas. 
Exactly. And but, if anybody comes in your house, anyone knocks on your door, you don't know who they are. Go ahead and exactly. shoot. Exactly. He's like, if somebody, shoot first, we'll ask questions later. Exactly. He he was he was like, stay calm, but stay ready. Very very level headed, you know. Hmm. He, he even actually uh, he went so far as to take uh, a young reporter from Life Magazine out to the Stark House to take pictures of the crime scene. So as most of the South was looking for a masked madman who was targeting young couples on roadsides, reports started coming in from all over the area. Um, you had reports coming in from different parts of Texas, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Arizona, all these different places like, oh, there's somebody doing that here. It must be the same guy. Mm-hmm. When it's it's realistically, it's one of the more one of the more common crimes was just like you walk up on people in a car, hold them at gunpoint, whatever. In, in all, the investigators would consider over 400 suspects, and only a few of those actually got any attention, like legitimate attention from the authorities or the media. One was an unnamed middle-aged man who was from College Station, which is uh, about five hours away. He was at one point in time considered the prime suspect. He'd been caught sneaking up on parked cars that had young couples in them with a twenty-two rifle and threatening to hurt them and robbing them. Huh. Right. He was never convicted 22 for... rifle. Yeah. I can see the similarities sneaking around, around uh, couples in a car. Right. Threatening them, robbing them. Yeah. You know. Was he, he a college kid? No, he was a middle-aged man, so he was probably 30s, 40s, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, he was never convicted of murder, but was sentenced for other crimes. Many people think that uh, many of the people were like, oh, it must have been the Phantom because he had the twenty two rifle. Even though for the Phantom, the twenty two was a one-off. He used it at the Stark at the Stark attack. That was it. Other yeah, than that, he was a thirty-two guy. Uh, over in Fayetteville, a young male grad student at the University of Arkansas had killed himself uh, during the investigation of the scene. A suicide note was found that had a poem and a confession to the murders in Texarkana. His military record showed that he had displayed quote homosexual tendencies during his time in the Navy. At that point in time, homosexuality was actually still considered like a mental disorder. So and, you need a straight camp fix you. Yeah, and they, they would have linked that to violent crimes like rape, assault, murder, shit like that, because you're you're gay, so you, there's something wrong with your brain, which we, we know there's nothing wrong with it. But back in the 40s, it was still like, oh, you're one of them weirds, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They would have all the disrespectful yeah. comments. Yeah. But, I mean, during that investigation, nothing came of value. Um in regard to the Phantom case. So it could have been like someone else wrote the letter? Possibly. Or it could have been, and I hate to say it because there are a lot of people that will do shit like this where they try to take credit for crimes that aren't theirs to get some notoriety. You know, that that could have been, that could have been part I feel of like the that's, case here too. That's been a thing that we're usually, we get like the homeless people or the hitchhikers that are going across country. Mm-hmm. That occasionally you're like, oh, I, I, I admit to this, I admit to this, and I admit to this, and all they know is like what was in the newspaper. They don't any, yep. know any of the finer points of murders. There was somebody, I feel like not that long ago, maybe a couple years ago, that admitted to a bunch of murders, and the only information he has that he's willing to, like, he could accept, like, acknowledge what was in the papers. Right. And he was like, oh, I killed about 100 people, and I did this, and I did that. And he kept his name in the limelight, and they're like, there's no physical proof, no way he could have been in like maybe Maine or something like that and do this over out West with what, because he was homeless. I feel like that's a common thing. Occasionally that they'll just throw it on one person, get it done, get it over with and bury it. Just to close the case. Yeah. Like, yep. That's our guy. Um, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like 
places where it gets really cold, you see like a spike in uh, in homeless people being arrested for like shoplifting and shit because they know if they get arrested for doing something stupid, they get to go to jail where it's warm and they get free, they get a, a meal out of it at least. Yeah, and at least a bed. You know, which you know, I can't blame them there. No. Um, you got that homeless guy around here that stole steak in the middle of winter and like, what the fuck? How are you going to cook this? Oh. And that's why he did it though. Cause yeah, it was uh, two years ago. I was, at, I was working at another job and he was just... Oop. He got arrested for going into, I think, Hannaford's, the local Hannaford's, and just stole a bunch of steak, walked out, and got arrested. And he's like, oh, okay. Where, how are you going to cook this? I don't know. Just wanted it. No, take me to jail, please. Yeah. And he was there for at least a couple weeks. Yeah, probably through the cold spell, mm-hmm. you know. So good. it sucks, but good for him. So, you know, you're not right. oh, freezing to a fucking bridge doesn't or turn something. into a, a statistic. Yeah. So a few locals pointed the finger, and I think this guy right here could potentially be the best suspect just because of his job. A few locals pointed the finger at a local IRS agent because as we all know, the IRS is fucking evil. Erwin R. Scheister. I mean, it's, it's can't run that briefcase. The IRS sucks. And this would not shock me at all. If one of these bastards was actually out killing people other than just stealing their paychecks. That's on you. Tax time is right around the corner. I need that money. So do I, but they shouldn't be taken in the first place, but that's all right. That's a, that's a different, story different show um they blamed him because he was uh, he was kind of antisocial and he apparently had gotten on the town's bad side as you know irs people would i would think you know nobody likes nobody likes tax collectors they're pain in the ass um, but if you get labeled as one thing you know it's it's your downfall because right. well well it's you're on the people's downside because you're this well then but then it's oh he's also shy and and he was also this, and he was also that, so he could be it. Well, yeah, and also, since people don't like him, like you're saying, if he's shy and reserved, just add that little bit of a bug in there. You know, I bet he does something. What do you think yeah. he does in that house? I think he's like an Ed Gein or something like that. He, I bet he touches kids. Oh, I bet he kills animals. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, the rumor mill kicks up, and now that guy literally just goes home and crochets and knits all yeah. night. And because he knows everyone hates him, has no friends, and really all he wants to do is have one friend. He has mountains of knitted hats in the corner because he has no friends. <laughs> I got all these fucking hats and no friends. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the, it's like with uh, Sandlot, you know the the, yeah. the house yeah. where the you know all the balls get exactly. hit over the old to man. Him. The old man, you know, in and it's James Earl fucking Jones. Yeah, and no one Forever. knows. They just think that you know they always get told don't go over there because you know he's a killer or something yeah. like that. Well, he's got a killer dog. The old man in uh, Home Alone. Yes. Yeah. The old man that yes. the salt in the sanding. Like, oh, yes. God, you know he kills Better. people, right? Yeah. yeah. That's Shut true. the fuck up, bud. <laughs> Fucking woof. He's spreading their remains. Yeah, he's just, yeah, it's salt. He's trying to keep being nice for the neighborhood. And that man had a great voice. And, I mean, this would have this would have put this this poor guy in the same category as as the, uh, the, the gay kid that killed himself, where he would have been, you know, a quote, a weird, you know, because he was... Mm-hmm. You know, he just went home and didn't do anything, didn't talk to a lot of people. So he would have been in that same weird, like, category of, oh, he's a little off. So yeah. he's got to be, you know. He invites you over and you're just like, yeah, no thanks. So another man even claimed to have committed the murders in the middle of an attack of amnesia. This oh. never even resulted in an arrest because they're like, this guy's fucking nuts. Just whatever. You know, he's probably out picking cans on the side of the road, butt naked and, you know, trying to get booze money or something with him. But. In 1999 and 2000, a woman called a few of the families of the victims claiming to be the daughter of the Phantom, which kind of sounds like it could be the title of a comic book, you know? Daughter of the Phantom. 
There was the comic for the longest time that was known as the Phantom. That'd have been like DC, I think, right? Doctor yeah. the Phantom. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Been, yeah. Billy Zane playing the Phantom in the live action film. <laughs> Billy Zane's awesome too, though. Hey, at least it could be you know turned out where you actually write a novel and you're you're the daughter of of a famous serial killer that you didn't know was a serial killer. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, dude, I saw that in the in the paper or the uh, one of those smut magazines in the in the checkout line. This girl didn't know her father was a uh, a serial killer. No shit. That would fuck it? my shit B- up. Was it? Oh, BTK. it was BTK's yeah. daughter. Yeah. yeah. Phantom. Oh, oh fuck! I forgot about the Phantom. He was yeah. Son of a bitch! I forgot about him. When? Um, so she apologized for the actions of her father and begged for forgiveness. Um, that part doesn't really make a lot of sense because we're about to get into our main menu prime suspect that a lot of people still to this day think is the Texarkana fandom and he's got a real interesting name I'm going to spell it for you and then I want you to try to figure out where you'd pronounce it Y-O-U-E-L-L is his first name Yol I'm thinking Yol or Yul something like that wait hold on one second Let's do this one more time. Yeah. Spell it for me one more time. Y. Y. O. O. U. U. E. E. Double L. Double L. Yol Sweeney? Yes. I bet, uh, yeah, because, uh, was it Yol Romero, a MMA fighter? His name is kind of spelled like that. Yeah. So we're, I, I've heard Yao, I've heard Yol, and I've heard Yul. So He's Swedish? I don't know. His last name's Swinney, which to me sounds Sweeney. English. Swinney, Sweeney, either way. Hmm. I don't know. Who, so it's, why this guy? Because the reason that the, the phone calls don't make any sense is because he never had a daughter. But, again, let's let's talk about somebody else with a badass name. A man by the name of Max Tackett, which sounds like a fucking like, sounds World like War a, II superhero. Yeah, man, that sounds like a fucking... Old school pro wrestler. Right. Well, Mr. Tackett was a law enforcement officer from Arkansas who made a huge connection in the case. He found that previous to each one of the murders, a car had been reported stolen and then abandoned on the side of the road. This led the police to think that the Phantom was using stolen cars to go out to find these kids, then just dumping the cars and fucking beating feet out into the woods and going home. So like Grand Theft Auto style? Yes, pretty much. So you're stealing a car to go do something, then you just fucking take off on foot. Wait, this guy. Yep. That weird-looking little fuck. He looks like a little nerd wiener, like a little bookworm. He does. He looks like he works in a library. Yeah. <laughs> However, he looks like he could have a mean streak. Well, we're about to talk about his mean streak. Hmm. Yeah, I think that could... It's a possibility. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's, that's definitely a plausible thing. So let's, let's go a little bit further here. The next time a car was reported stolen in the area of Texarkana, the police sprang into action and set up a stakeout. Hmm. And they found the stolen vehicle, they pulled it over, and they took the driver, whose name was Peggy Sweeney, into custody. Questioned her as to how, how the fuck did you come across having a stolen car? Peggy said that Yoel had given her the car, and he was also a well-known car thief around the area of Texarkana, little towns in Arkansas, around the area in Texas. He was, he was a, a known car thief. He'd been arrested for it before. Mm. So after she told the police that he was a car thief, she had a lot more she had to tell him. She told them that Yule had uh, had told her more than once that he was the Phantom and he confessed to her that he had committed the attacks and the murders and made her promise not to tell anyone because if she did, he'd kill her. 
She gave the police details about the crimes that had not been released to the public, so only the killer would have known this information other than the police. Before the police could pick up Yule, Peggy changed her story and said that the first thing had all been a lie. So wait, wait, wait. Backtrack just for a quick second. Sure. Yule is a counterfeiter car thief Mm -hmm. married to a woman named Peggy. Mm -hmm. Tells his wife that for randomly out of the blue that he is the phantom and that he's done all these killings. Affirmative. She then probably fears for her safety or just because, you know, get this man out of here because he's insane. I don't want to die. I don't want to be, you know, another victim. Tells the police all the information, not just what's in the paper. Also stuff that's a little behind the scenes. Yes. Which jives with what they know. Yeah. Yes. So then when the police show up, now they don't have somebody that will is willing to test. So going off what he said, everything right? was matching up from what was said behind the scenes that was yes. not released. They get there, and now all of a sudden her stories change because yep. now they have no evidence really. They the leading star testimony of what they thought who they thought could be. Nothing. Yeah. But now see. Hmm. Now can't technically she can change her story, right? I believe. Because there's something called pillow talk in the judicial well, system where you technically, being your the spouse of someone else, they... At the time... You know, you can't really... At the time that they picked her up, they didn't know that they that her and Yule were married. So when, really? they, when they found this out, they went, fuck, we can't use any of this because it's illegal for a spouse to testify against yeah. their spouse. Well, so and if the information wasn't... Like, uh, damn it, never mind, backtrack, forget yeah, it. Yeah, because it's the whole pillow talk thing. You know? Yeah. So, well, well, Yule remained an unofficial suspect, and it seemed like he, he was kind of untouchable to law enforcement at the time. That all changed in 1947 when Yule got nabbed. Forget this. Guess what he got arrested for? Speeding. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> what a shock, stealing fucking cars. Did he have any weapons? Did he own weapons or? Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. All right. So, he gets he gets nabbed for stealing cars. When they picked up Yule, they had uh, they, he had had a pretty extensive criminal record. He'd been uh, previously charged with counterfeiting, burglary, assault, and he had spent a good stretch in the Texas State Penitentiary system. After he was released, he continued his career as a criminal and avoided capture for a while. But during the investigation, the police found uh, the police found some evidence that Yule had owned a Colt thirty two revolver which is the same handgun that was used in the murders. What well, Same caliber. Same caliber, same make as what they were guessing it was because I, I don't know if they can test, if they had ballistic if testing see. where they could test. Um, I doubt since they, no. DNA was still right. 50 years like later. Right. but you have I to, think all they would do is match caliber bullets, match what it looked like, and maybe do a try to look at it and see if they could see any blood residue from true. when that dude got pistol whipped. Well, not buffaloed, whatever. But when you, when you think about it, though, how many prominent firearm manufacturers were there back then? You had Colt that made fucking damn near everything. Winchester. Winchester. Remington. Remington and Thompson. Thompson. There was... Uh... How many of them made handguns? You had Colt, Smith & Wesson at the time that made handguns. The rest of them hadn't gotten into it yet, as far as I know. Because Colt, Colt was like the name for handguns forever. And Smith & Wesson was there, too. So it's a thirty-two caliber pistol. So if 
I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't do any of the research into it, but say Colt was the only one making a 32 caliber revolver at the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. know if, I don't know if you can, I mean, unless it did say that they did, then that they did say, okay, well, they thought that it was, you know, that I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I can't. The only other thing I can come up with too is that, may, yeah, maybe you had the same gun. But also, this is during the time where they're telling people to start buying weapons, right. you know, to protect themselves. Start, you know, maybe doing whatever. Stole you, it, yeah, stole it, or maybe he bought it from the local hardware store or something like that as "quote unquote" protection. And if he ever got nailed with it, what do you have a pistol? You told us to have, you know, self protection. Like you, know, you told us to have firearms. So mine is I mean, here just for and being a criminal. You at what? that time, you, you, you didn't. There, there was, was no, no background, but no background checks. No, you just yeah. fucking you know, there was no in. law that said you. Yeah, do you own have cash? That's all you need. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like we said, he had the 32, which was the same one that was used in all of the murders except for uh, the, the murder of Virgil Stark, who was killed with a 22. Mm-hmm. Yule claimed to have lost the gun in a card game, like playing uh, poker or whatever. Run out of chips, throw it on the table. Here, I'm going to bet that. Good excuse to not have it anymore, right? Yeah. When I lost it in a card game means I threw it in the lake or whatever. Not bad. There are some people that would bet a gun if they knew they weren't going to lose. Yeah, but if if you had killed five people, you're like, well, fuck, I don't need that anymore. Whoop, and just yeah. fuck it off out into a mud puddle or something. So they so they looked so they knew that he had a thirty two. Yes. So they were like, when they okay. searched his house, they couldn't find it. So they couldn't they they searched the house because they they were told that he had a thirty two. Yeah. Because they probably remembered that from his wife. So. They searched for it, couldn't find it. But they did they find that they found the twenty two? No, no, no. They they didn't find the twenty two. Uh-huh. Another thing they did find in his house was a, a dress shirt that had the name Stark embroidered on the pocket. So there's that link to maybe he was the one that attacked the Starks and went in and burgled their house and stole a fucking shirt. Whatever, you know? Or maybe he went at it. Or maybe he went in after because it was a crime scene. It was still open. You know that could be too. Yeah, because we talked about that too with the social vo- uh, vultures that go through and will collect yeah. shit from shit like this. So again, with the shirt, the police didn't really know if if yeah, maybe this is for definite a connection yeah. or speculation. Or maybe maybe for example, he was uh, maybe he was friends with with Virgil Stark, and you know he was over helping him out with something and. Got his shirt fucked up, and Virgil's like, "Here, just take one of mine." And also, prom. also the that's era. possible too. That's an argument argument you can make as a lawyer. Like, well, maybe my client, you know, my client was friends with said victim, and he had one of his shirts because he was helping him. I don't know, change the oil in his car or some shit like that, and he got all fucked up and dirty and needed a, a fresh shirt to go home in. And Mrs. Stark wasn't in any condition at the time, probably to. Yeah, she got her fucking her jaw blown off, pretty much. So. Yeah, but she wasn't in any position at that point to refute it. She probably exactly. was still in the hospital, maybe. Yeah, I would, imagine, I would imagine so. There's no bouncing back from a gunshot wound to the face. No, I mean, yeah, she could write, but but still, though, imagine all the drugs she'd be on, like to try yeah, to I mean, reduce long, the pain. How long after the shooting did the, you know, did he get arrested? Well, this this was this was the the following years. This was 1947. She was shot in 1946. Okay, so is she, I, mean, I still think, yeah, there might be some lasting effects still, yeah. some PTSD, you know. She, she could have flat out blocked out the whole thing. Yeah. You know? But would, but would she block out the fact that 
her well no because she probably may not know who everybody that her husband knows right this was this was back in the time when your wife didn't need to know fucking anything that you were doing outside the house yeah or she probably didn't have a dead job so she probably she probably stayed home yeah i can honestly say i've worked at the same place for 11 years and my wife will not know everybody that i've worked with because occasionally there's people that come in work there for a couple days and then leave Right. And then I will be walking through the grocery store and she'll be like, oh, who's that? I'm like, oh, I worked with them. Oh, I worked with them. Oh. See, my wife knows everybody I work with because there's only five of us and they're in the store all the time. <laughs> but it's still one of those things of it's like even with who you guys work with. Right. I may not know who you guys work with. You may not know who I work with. However, if I tell you I work with them, there you go. If not, then you're, there's just somebody else. Yeah. There's just a random person. Mm-hmm. So with Yoel Swinney hemmed up for Grand Theft Auto, the police attempted to pin the murders on him as well because they thought that they had motive. They thought they had motive. They thought they had enough evidence. It's all speculation. It's all circumstance. Hearsay. All circumstantial yeah. hearsay bullshit. Exactly. But he did have the history of violence and sexual assault and the car theft, which were all kind of making it look real good. Like you know, all yeah, we need is actual physical evidence, and we can just fucking. And they have that flick the key out the window on this guy. And they have that whole you know story from his wife, right? Which you know, yeah, could it be that she was just a little pissed off at him, or was she just scared? And was she afraid you know? of him, trying to get rid of him? And then like, mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, if if he's gone, maybe I don't have any income. I'm gonna lose the house, and yeah, you know. Well, also it'd be that time too. Would be probably not very good for the wife to yeah. throw the husband under the bus like that because she may catch a beat and if he gets loose exactly or the other people will be like you're not supposed to say that because a lot of times women were seen that they have to be in the kitchen they all they have to be here mm-hmm. they have to be the homemaker which is not the case but a lot of times that was the view of the era right of the time of like you're not allowed to do anything else except for xyz if you do anything other than XYZ, I have all rights to beat the shit out of you. Or the, the, the term barefoot pregnant in the kitchen existed for a reason. Yeah, as much as it's a Which is disgusting yeah. time, but that was, we lived through that time. And another thing is during the questioning, uh, Yule never once denied his innocence. And he, when he was asked any questions, he just wouldn't say anything to the police. He'd just fucking boop, go dead behind the eyes and just sit there and not, not speak to him. So basically plead the fifth. Yeah, he... It, it was more like mafia style. Like, I'm not saying nothing. You think you got me? Fucking prove it. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know. He wasn't uh, Israel Keys where he's like, well, hey, let well, me tell you. Well, now that you got me, gee shucks, let me tell y'all a story. <laughs> um, well, that is kind of different because we've seen with other um, other. Serial killers, a lot of times, they just want you. They just want to open their mouth and tell about everything. Jeffrey Dahmer. They're an open book, and like they just want to gossip about every fucking thing. Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer is a perfect example of that because once he got caught, he was kind of like, "Thank God you guys got me," because now I can actually tell you what I've been doing. Dahmer, Bundy. Bundy was hypothetical. Ed Gein. Yeah. Ed Gein, Gein was would tell you a story about his entire life story because he just wanted somebody to talk yeah. to. Um, then he he'd had, tell you his fucking life story for a slice of pie and uh, cheddar cheese on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Kemper. Had, Cad Kemper, yeah. Yeah, because Kemper, you know, well, he hey. was one of the main people. Hey, do you want an egg sandwich? I can get you an egg sandwich. Would, you, you, like a, would you like some milk? You want some do you, pizza? Do you, I, yeah. Do you guys, I, hey, guard, guard. And Do you guys know that he's narrated like something like 700 books on tape? Yeah, he, <laughs> and that's the thing is like there are certain ones that will just talk about everything, and there's others that will just shut down and be like, 
Not say a fucking Motherfucker. word. Motherfucker, could you imagine if they could get podcasting equipment into jail and have like Ted Bundy and fucking Ed Kemper do a show? Well, I would listen to that motherfucker. So all too bad Ted Bundy's long. dead. I know, but if he was still, a- <laughs> I was gonna say something like, oh. no. What, what I'm saying is like, isn't he dead? Like, he but die? but like, you've, if you've man. heard his interviews and stuff, Charlie Manson. Blah, 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 he's, he's but I mean, if you if you've, you've heard Ted uh, Ted Bundy's interviews <laughs> and shit, he was like he was a very intelligent guy. Ed Kemper's a pretty fucking smart guy, and just to listen to those two talk, I'd be like, oh fuck, I shouldn't be listening to this, but I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've got to. I've got to hide in the closet in my basement when nobody's home to listen to this. <laughs> but I, I. I don't know. I. I wouldn't think those two would could be in the same room though. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, of uh, Ed Kemper and Herbert Mullen. Those. No, two no, no, no. I, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, Kemper and and oh, dude, uh, Bundy. Because I don't know. They'd have loved it. And then like, so what did you do with them after you killed them? Oh, I used to like wash their hair and put them in makeup. Yeah, I cut my mom's head off and put it on a mantle and yelled at it for a few hours. That's pretty interesting, too. Maybe I should come over next time. We can yell at her together. <laughs> no, before he did that, he said, I, I fucked her head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because then I told, yelled at her and said, now, mom, you've had sex. Yeah. <laughs> so Dirty, dirty, dirty. Anyway, back to the. Yeah, so back back to the fucking ranch here. This is where the, the police really fucked up with Yol Sweeney because Part, during part of the investigation, they tried a, quote, truth serum on him, which they fucked up, which resulted in the investigators no longer being able to further question him about the Moonlight murders. They could talk to him about the car theft and stuff like that, but they could no longer say, so did you kill these people? Did you kill this did person? Did they mess him up? They fucked him up. to the point They that melted his brain? They fucked him up to the point that a doctor had to, like, come in and say, okay... You guys can't question him about this anymore. We have a lawyer saying you can no longer question him because you gave him this bullshit without his consent and without his lawyer's consent. So now you can no longer question him on that. Way to go, dummies. It's, it's like during uh, during a trial when they bring Inadmissible. in... Exactly, when they bring in evidence that's like, oh, we have new evidence that we've seen but nobody else has. Well, fuck you, you're not using it now. Huh. So it becomes. They, but did did it really met? Did it did it mess him up? Did it not psychologically per, not mess him up? Not permanently. No. Not permanently. It it landed him like in the hospital, like probably like, sick convulsions. Yeah, like they fucked him up enough that they couldn't talk to him about it anymore. Uh-huh. So Yule remained in prison until 1973. Um, a lot of his cellmates did tell stories that he had told them, including details. For, on, what do you say? Oh, sorry to interrupt. You. What do you? Why oh, he, was he in jail for? He was in the pen for the car theft stuff. Oh, okay, okay. So. So he, uh, a lot of his cellmates were telling stories about um, him telling him like details that only the police would have known, only the killer would have known about all these murders. Uh-huh. So that would definitely lead you to think that Yul Sweeney may be the man behind the burlap sack, I guess. Um, or he was just telling stories just so that he could get cred in prison. But how how would he how like would a, he have these details? Well, there wasn't there um, unless he had connections in the law enforcement and the, the department, maybe. Yeah, yes, because Dorothea Puente she would actually make she was making friends with them over time. That's true. And there was also another I feel like another serial killer that did that was like he would meet him in the bar. Ed talk Kemper. To him. Yeah, yeah. Weird how he keeps coming up. Yeah, he he was a he was a but, fucking cop groupie. Yeah, he would go <laughs> talk to him and figure out what they would know and you know chill and relax and like oh we're fun let's we're boys and all this other stuff and he find out more and more and be like okay now I know what I have to change what I have to adjust. Yeah. 
I what know I what can't they, do. I know what they know, so now I know what not to do. Yeah, but they don't know what I know, so I know what I know only know. So in 1994, Yul Sweeney died a free man, never once having admitted to the murders that took place in Texarkana. Mm. And there's still a lot of people that consider him to be the most realistic suspect for, for the killings. So they never there was so there's no others. Well, here's 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 where shit gets a little interesting because it takes a little bit of a twist. June first, nineteen forty eight, twenty one year old Virginia Carpenter left Texarkana by train, headed towards Denton, Texas, where she was going to attend the Texas State College for Women. On the train, she met a uh, fellow student named Marjorie Webster, and when the train stopped, they shared a cab to the campus because they were going to the same place. Why not? Fuck it, yep. you know. So the cab driver was a man named Edgar Ray. His nickname is Jack. I'm not sure where you get Jack from Edgar, but whatever. Uh, Zachary. He dropped Webster off at the Fitzgerald dormitories and then continued to uh, Breckenridge Hall, where Carpenter would be staying for her semester. Uh, Zachary reported that he saw Carpenter when she got out of the car, approach two young men in a yellow convertible outside the dorm. He said it seemed like she knew that at least one of them and seemed excited to have seen them. The next day, Zachary returned to the hall with some of Carpenter's luggage that she had uh, forgotten at the train station, so he got paid to go back, pick it up, bring it back. Uh, he placed the trunk at the at the front door of the hall and just left. You know, he did his job, left it there, whatever. Nobody would ever claim the luggage, and the previous night would be the last time that Virginia Carpenter would be seen alive. On June 4th, Carpenter's boyfriend and her mother uh, would report her missing. Within days, search parties would be checking the local area for any clues of, of uh, Virginia's whereabouts. Drivers of every yellow convertible that they could find were stopped and questioned. The cab driver, Zachary, was questioned, and they went so far as to give him a polygraph test to see what he knew. That was back when everybody thought they actually still worked, because polygraph, polygraph tests are a fucking joke. Um, so, so it would be fun to hook your, like get hooked up to one or hook up right? somebody and just ask them the most random questions. <laughs> Do you really like tacos, or is it just the word? Can it be both? That's not the right answer. Yes Wrong. or no? <laughs> just fucking going all over the place. I like certain components of tacos. I don't like tomatoes. <laughs> That's why it registered as a lie. I apologize. Okay, so before too long, uh, the rumors of Carpenter's disappearance made it back, uh, back home to Texarkana. Virginia Carpenter, and this is where it gets weird, personally knew three of the victims of the phantom which led some people to think that maybe she'd been a target maybe she had gotten some suspicions of who it was and maybe this was just the phantom tying up some loose ends or maybe it was just a coincidence that because she lives in the same damn town right exactly that's but you know i mean you don't know if the others Knew the others who you knew the others. I mean, so I mean, it's it's a small town and these are young yeah, kids. So, exactly. I mean, everybody probably knows everybody. So the theories are that the killer could have followed her on the train or that the killer could have been one of the men that she was talking to in the yellow car. Mm-hmm. And of course, those two guys in the yellow car, no names. In 1959, a wooden box was found buried full of female remains that matched the description of Carpenter. The remains were sent to Austin for examination, but by the time they got to Austin to be examined, the landowners the, the landowners confessed to digging them up from a local graveyard. What the fuck? Wait. What? So this wooden box full of human remains that would match her description was 
brought in by a local farmer. Yep. And they yep. were they were sending it to Austin because I'm I'm guessing they had a crime lab there because it's the capital, it's their big town. By the time the remains got there, the farmer the farmer was like, eh, I kind of lied to you. I dug him up at an old graveyard. Why the fuck would you do that? Well, maybe you just wanted to get some attention. That probably yeah. In 1998, a man called the police claiming to know where Carpenter was buried. So that's quite a quite a stretch later. That's uh, almost 40 years later, 39 years later. 48 to what year? 50, 59 to 98. Oh, okay. So like 40 years. So he led them back to the women's college in Denton where she, uh, where she was supposed to be going to school. The search came up empty. Uh, Carpenter's disappearance. Uh, <laughs> she disappeared. <laughs> we should turn it into a drinking game every time we screw up Fuck. speaking. So Carpenter's disappearance casts some doubt on the guilt of Yol Sweeney. Because he was in prison. Exactly. Because when she disappeared, he was still fucking locked up. So Unless he had a partner. So if this was a phantom ah. killing, see, that's what a lot of people don't think, is maybe there was a second person doing this. Maybe he stole the cars for for him. and Kill the people so that way Yol could steal the cars. Because you have to think about it like this, yeah. though. How many witnesses know what he looked like? Got a good look at him. He was wearing a sack, One. a satchel. One person got a decent look at this guy. Well, I'm sorry, two. Two. The first two got a decent look at this guy, but it's a fucking burlap but, bag. But how 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 good of a look did they get? Because they were scared. The they couldn't. Fuck they out they of didn't their even minds. know. They didn't even know if this guy was white, black, Hispanic, anything. They couldn't fucking tell that far about him. Because he was in like coveralls, kind of. Yeah, that one a, lady, that a, one girl thought that he was black because he spoke kind of jive. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, how how the fuck do you really know who we're looking for here? You know, mm-hmm. or is this guy smart enough, knows enough about the town because he lives in the town, and is like, okay, so I can get away with this because it sounds familiar. So they're probably gonna blame the hell out of this other guy, right? And, I'm scot free. So my get my my thought on this case on this murder is this is a copycat. This is somebody trying to do the same thing or whatever, and it just so happened that the person that got killed was from the same fucking town. A coincidence, completely. Or but, they had nothing. Or they have. Or the had two absolutely crimes. nothing to do with each yeah. other, but they linked them together because because she, Cause she was from that town. Yeah. So, like we talked about last week, there's a really good chance, at least in my mind, I think there's a decent chance that after everything happened with the Stark family at the Stark house when he attacked him there, there's a good chance that he might have just fucking split and left town. Because there were attacks like that matched this MO all over the country, including Son of Sam, which we that's obviously not because we know who he is, we know his backstory, we know all that shit. Uh, Il Mastro, which was the monster of Florence who killed 14 to 16 people in Florence, Italy between 1967 and 1985. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he, the, the, the link there is the same 22 rifle because he was killing people with the 22 rifle. It's flimsy. It's that will not fucking it, hold yeah. up in court at all. Also having to travel across country and well, at that time you could, yeah, you could get on a plane and just go to fucking Italy. Just yeah. With, so, yeah. with whatever, and you didn't really doesn't really make a bit of difference what you have with you, right? But the biggest one for me that really kind of sticks out, and we mentioned this already, there's a lot of similarities between this and the Zodiac murders. 
a lot a yes. lot a lot a lot of similarities not a little but a lot so before we get into the the zodiac stuff there's there's some, a couple more things i really wanted to talk about in 1946 a young couple uh elaine eldridge and lawrence hogan who were parked outside of uh Dania beach in fort lauderdale florida when someone approached the vehicle with a very bright flashlight and shot both of them with a 32 caliber semi-automatic pistol not a revolver this time because they found casings even though it wasn't a revolver like we just said it's very similar to the killings in texarkana florida and texas are right fucking there you're just across the water could it very easily hopped on a plane and flown to florida in less than an hour Maybe, well, probably more than an hour because no. Texarkana is like middle of the state kind of. It's probably like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's a, a hop, skip, and a jump, and he's in Florida. But more than likely at that time, you're not going to take a plane from Texas to Florida. You're going to drive. Right. So, you're looking at maybe... Eight hours. Maybe so, no, no. a little more. So, again, just like the, the killings in Texarkana, no fingerprints, no footprints at the scene. Now, back into the the Zodiac stuff. Before we let's talk about the the similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. Zodiac and the Phantom both targeted young couples in secluded areas. They were both very proficient with a uh, with a handgun in all situations, basically. Mm-hmm. And they both wore homemade masks. Yep. So that's not where the similarities end, though. So the first Zodiac killing was December 20th, 1968, and the last of the Moonlight Murders was May 3rd, 1946, which left a 22-year gap between the end of the Moonlight Murders and the beginning of the Zodiac Murders. So if you figure the Phantom in his 20s to 30s, somewhere in there, when he started all this, he could have very realistically been the same person, just older, more experienced. Where, where, oh, I don't want to interrupt you, but where was that? What was the beach? Uh, it, it was uh, Dan, uh, Dania Beach, D-A-N-I-A Beach. D-A-N-I-A. Sorry. No, oh, no problem. Holy shit. Yeah, it's like 17 hours trip. For driving? Uh-huh. Okay, so you probably... Eh. Probably That's, hopped on a plane. Yeah, that, that'd be... Or it could have caught a bus. Or Could a bus. Have got a train. Yeah, because buses were big back then. And Texarkana is a train town. True. And even if you didn't have a ticket, you could hop on a train and just ride one of those trains True. all straight Fuck. down. Dude, True. fucking hobos do it all the time on TV yeah. shows. True. <laughs> no, I mean, well, that time. Because I was actually with you guys. I thought, like, oh, this is a simple drive. No big deal. Yeah. And then we forget how big where we live. Texas is fucking huge. Huge. <laughs> Bigger than VT. But, yeah, that, I mean, still, that's still 17 hours. By vehicle, it's, it's which still could doable. Happen. Still doable, still doable. Yeah. especially if you know how to steal cars. And I, when when was the last? What was the last? Uh, was forty seven? Forty six was the last uh, shooting. Was the last of the of the moonlight Texas murders? Canada. Yes, okay. it was in forty six. So and then forty eight. This next one happened. This, no, it was this, the same year. The one in Florida was in forty six as well. Okay, same when year. Forty six. Didn't say. It just it just said nineteen forty six. Okay, you so it could have bitches. been later in the year or whatever. Because the last of the the last of the moonlight murders was in March, so this could have been fucking July for all we know in nineteen forty six. Or it could have been sooner than that. And yeah, it, <clears throat> shit, he could have walked there and still killed him in nineteen forty six. True. Or he, like you said, you know, could have hopped a train. Right. You know, because forty six, we're coming out of, we're coming out of depression. We're in that depression and coming out of it. Depression era. Life's good. We just fucking won World War Two, you yeah. know. 
shit's shit's fucking finally starting to pick up for the good old USA, you know? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we're you know people are but people are still you know feeling the the wrath of depression. Yeah, you know we're we're but we're slowly climbing out. Yeah. So I'm just gonna start back off with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first of the Zodiac killings was December 20th, of 1968. The last of the Moonlight Murders was May 3rd. I'm sorry, it was May, not March. It was uh, May 3rd, 1946, which left a 22-year gap between the end of the Moonlight and the beginning of the Zodiac killings. So if you, the figure, you figure the fandom to be a man in his 20s or 30s, could have very realistically still been the Zodiac at, you know, 40 or 50. Because the Zodiac, like, the the... There picture was, that they have of him, the one police drawing that they have of him, you can't really tell how old the guy is. No, because the same thing as uh, the Moonlight, where he had something over his head. And he was wearing but, full clothes. He's not wearing anything revealing. Right. But, we... but there is that one police sketch of him without the mask, where he's just got the fucking stereotypical, like, every dude had in the fucking 50s, like, the flat top hair and the big wide, uh, wide frame uh, glasses. He looked like my grandfather, for Christ's sakes. He looks yeah. like everybody's grandpa. You know? that, uh, what's the... Uh, yeah, there's... I can't think of the haircut type. It's a flat top or a buzz cut or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was thinking bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been if he was in the uh, serial killer in the fucking 80s. 90s. 90s so the biggest difference between the Phantom and the Zodiac is that the Phantom avoided media attention at all costs and the Zodiac liked to fuck with the police. Well, maybe this was the process of uh, escalation. So my theory is exactly what you just said. If the Phantom started out robbing people at gunpoint, stepped it up to sexual assault and murder, is it really too far out of the realm of reality to go, maybe this is his next step. Maybe he's, you know, because maybe he's stepping shit up because the Zodiac attacked a couple in broad fucking daylight at one point in time. So I don't think it's too far to go. You but know, then he only did that once, right? And then it was like, okay, that's enough. I'm same no- with the the twenty two murders. Uh-huh. Tried but it then, once, won't again. But then three star murder. But the, but the, <laughs> oh, yeah. call back. <laughs> but now let's jump back because the people in Florida flashlight. Yep. On them, killed them like that. Yep. Okay, Zodiac. Same thing. Flashlight killed him. Zodiac taped a flashlight to his pistol, which would have just been if you're freeing up a fucking hand. It's true. But another thing the Zodiac tried once, wouldn't again, was he stabbed somebody, mm-hmm. which is kind of like eh, maybe maybe he's trying to mix shit up. Get if okay, so if we go with what you're saying, getting older, he's going to need stuff that's easier for him to maneuver, easier for him to work with. Right. So with. The flashlight, maybe he needs to have a, fair, a spare hand, so he tapes it to his barrel. Exactly. Um, switching things up, like in daylight, maybe he was just like, I'm getting sick and tired of going out. It was at night. People are starting to know this stuff. Maybe I can come off as like a simple mugger. Like, if he is getting older, he's going to try new techniques, and he's had time to wait or whatever. And he's obviously not stupid. Exactly. He then he hasn't been caught. Neither yeah, one of them. Hasn't Twenty been fucking years. Twenty two years. If this is the same guy, and if you think he's maybe he's been doing this ac- like across the country for twenty, you know, twenty plus years, he's honing his craft. He's learning what works. He's experimenting, shit like that. But maybe maybe the escalation with the the whole thing with fucking the police is fucking the police. He liked. <laughs> 
Oh, this just turned into an NWA song all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, man. Turned into a sexy sound. But maybe maybe the escalation of fucking around with the police was the thrill of trying to stay one step ahead of law enforcement and like, I you know, liking being chased, maybe wanting to be stopped, but not going to stop himself. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like what I was saying, where it could be someone that was inspired and doing a copycat killing and he knows what. You know, the Phantom did, and he kept researching it. And 20 years later, a lot of times, I would assume those records would be released. Yeah. So then that means that he could easily call around and be like, oh, he's just a college student calling and looking for the information on what was done because he wanted to write a paper on it. And now he can have the entire police report or most of the police report, like, right there in front of him. And now he has all the information. Look how much information you got on this. Yeah. From one source. From one source, not even like searching around, not calling around, not asking all these other questions to these uh, law enforcement agencies. And you could feasibly do this because you kind of have an idea of what he's done and yep. how he, you know, you know his techniques and his motives. You may not know who he is or why he did it, but you actually have an understanding. But, and yeah, you know, at the same time, if he wasn't and he just stopped off in Texarkana, was there for a little while, did this. Okay, I'm moving the hell on because the heat's getting on to me. Exactly. Okay. Moving yeah, to, fuck go, the heat, man. Go to Florida. Do the one that you know harder. of. Ugh. Get maybe, back at somebody. Maybe, maybe something else. Then you move on. Move to go to Oklahoma, go whatever. And then you're, boom, you're in California. And you do whatever X amount that he did in California. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he stopped. Yep. Well, Why? why? Dead. dead, old, you know. Carried on the mantle here. You take on this, you God, know, oh, this gimmick. Could you imagine if there was like a generational serial killer out there? I bet there has been. Like a Where? fucking, uh, like a Dread Pirate Roberts kind of deal. Like, like the Phantom, the comic book character. We already talked oh, about it. Good book. Good book idea. But much much like most small towns where something weird or tragic has happened in the past, um, like Kelly Hopkinsville, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Bluff Creek, California. The town, like over the years, had somewhat embraced the dark past of what had happened. Uh, every year, every year on Halloween in Spring Lake Park, where Je- uh, where Betty Joe Booker's body was found, they do a screening on Halloween night of the 1977 Charles B. Pierce film, the tra- uh, the town that dreaded sundown. Fun fact here for Seth, because I actually probably both of you guys, because you were both older than me. Bitch. The actor that played the Phantom in the movie was the voice of Dirge in the run of Transformers that ran from 1985 to 1987. The film is shot much in the same style as like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, where it's like kind of gritty, kind of grainy, a lot of natural yeah. light. They shot it a lot of, you know, like after dark. He was a conehead, you know. So, it's 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 a it's a pretty fucking neat movie. If you like, if you like those movies, or you like uh, like House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, the, the, the greedy grainy wasn't by per- wasn't you know on no, purpose. No, it was no, no, just no. Because that's what they had to exactly. work with. Yeah, but, but that's but, a specific style, which is awesome. It's, yeah, it's for like, me personally, I like love that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if if you if you like those kind of movies, you can go right on YouTube and watch this one for free, the full length movie, and it's. I watched most of it last night. It's pretty fucking good. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, it's it's better than I expected it to be. 
then I guess in like 2014 they remade it, which I haven't seen that one yet, but the image that I used for last week's episode when I put it up on Facebook is actually from that movie where he's just like blue overalls, gloves, and like it wasn't a burlap sack. It looked more like a pillowcase that had been pulled down and tied around the neck mm-hmm. with the eye holes cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I've got for this one. I mean, I, I had a fucking blast looking into this because I got to just fucking I dove ass first into this thing. Just right up your butt. Yeah, this this one was right up my butt. I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, so what do you, what do you guys what do you guys think of that one? I think it's a cool topic. Like it's one of those ones where it kind of leaves a lot of room for speculation and well, when we discussion. We speculated the shit out of it. <laughs> well, then also it leaves a lot of like idea for discussion and yeah. having different thoughts and why certain things happened and you know. Which, these op- like things open for discussion, I should say. Yeah, which you get a lot more with like these unsolved murders like this, where because you assume that it's the same person, I think it's a copycat or the evolution of somebody carrying on a mantle, even though it should never have been carried on. Yeah, no, that mantle should have been fucking burned. I think it's it's a possibility for either or. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing is like it could be anything. You, yeah, you can make a discussion for that. You can make it that it was just. A weird common occurrence that two people have the same exact thing. Yep. Because, I mean, well, during that time, you're going to get most of your news from radio. In the newspaper. In the newspaper. Yep. No TV. Sometimes radio, when you go to the movies. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. They that would have true. the the news before. Newsreels, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pre- Our boys landed on Normandy Beach, and they're going to take it to the Huns. And now you can watch your cartoons. <laughs> I remember watching a movie one time. I was like, holy shit, that's... that's Either way. They called them the Huns. Jerry's, whatever. Either way. Jerry's. What? You never heard him referred to as Jerry's? Are you fucking kidding me? I thought the Jerry's were... No, dude. No. No, those are Tommy's. I know. Whatever. (laughs) Who are the Geralds? I don't know. That's the fancy German. Ah. (laughs) Okay. Jerry's, the Huns, Nazis. They called them all kinds of shit. We won't the talk, assholes. We won't talk about what they call the Japanese because that was really fucking mean. <laughs> Especially if you've ever seen that. If you've ever seen the propaganda like posters and shit, like holy Christ! Well, anybody has seen that. Y'all ever seen a bucktooth vampire? Now you have. Fuck, but yeah, yeah. that's that's what I got for uh, pretty cool man. Arcana. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of a lot of. Uh, a lot of speculation, a lot of, you know, like, hey, hmm, could it be this or that? But that's the cool thing is we can, is this is a case where you can speculate on it and not go, well, that's not actually what happened. You can speculate until you're fucking blue in the face on this one and come up with all kinds of crazy shit. Like, I had fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, not much speculating on, you know, what Ed Kemper did or what, you know, John Wayne Gacy did. Well, or the only speculation you get there is numbers. Well, no. only speculation for John Wayne Gacy is whether or not he was storing the bodies. No, he was... <laughs> it's not mine. I'm holding on to it for a friend. <laughs> the fucking high school weed excuse. <laughs> I still want to know what these people, like, are doing. Like, what they're doing now, if they're alive, if they're dead. Like, what what's going on in their life? Like, yeah. what do they watch? What are they, what are they doing? Do they have families? Do they have... Well, I would say that a lot of those people are pretty damn old. 
Yeah, Gacy's toast. His last words were "kiss my ass." He got killed. Uh, but no, I mean like I, no, no the, not the, those guys. The, the, I'm talking. Oh, like yeah, I'm talking about ones. Texarkana, the Zodiac. Like I want to know what they're doing now. Like, are they listening to this show? Do they have their own podcast? Are they actually like an actor or an actress or something like that? Like you don't know. I've got a feeling that the Texarkana Phantom is probably dead by now because these were taking place in the 40s. So that would have put him probably born in the teens or 20s. So he's probably dead by now. If not, he's real fucking crusty and old. Yeah. But it's just one of those things I'm always curious by that of like yeah. what what are they doing and it did, in it, present day? Yeah. And did, uh, you know, my, my thing with the whole thing is, well, okay, he stopped. Yeah, it stopped there, but then you you draw similarities. Okay, well here, then you can draw a line to here, then here. Well, did he actually stop with the zodiac? Did the zodiac thing? You know, was this person the same as the zodiac, or was this person the zodiac? And then it turned. He went to a different place because you know. Well, you become somebody totally different. Yeah, totally yeah. different. You know, it's just not. They're not drawing the lines because. It, Back back then, like, especially in, like, the 60s and 70s, like, with the Zodiac, police departments within the same town, like, the same city, wouldn't fucking communicate with each other in something like this because they wanted to crack the case. Yeah, because, you know, that meant more eyes on them. That meant more funding for their department. They weren't. Yeah. They didn't want to fucking work with There's other no such, local... There's no such like, thing as teamwork. No, and nowadays, it's like you can't fucking fart cross-eyed without somebody else knowing about it, like with all the security footage and shit that we have now. Yeah, and there's so much shit going on in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. In this country, yeah. uh, you know, besides, you know, some psycho, you know, shooting people or some wacko, as they would call him. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be a psycho. Dope be a fiend. Wacko, you know, <laughs> some... He's some, on the dope. He must yeah. be a murderer, you know? Yeah, just some, some wacko just shooting people for no good reason every once in a while. Cough, cough, David Berkowitz. Yeah, but I mean, then, but then you got you know, everything going on, civil rights movement, you know, the the pride marches, the this, the, that. Then you, then they come along to David Berkowitz. I who, mean, the, who held the city of New York in hostage. freaking hostage. The you know? the nineteen seventies were legitimately the golden age for American serial killers. You will never see that again because there were so many of them active all at a the good same thing. time. Oh it's God, yes, probably a good thing. Fuck. Well, did, what was it? I saw something. I enjoy being able to walk around and yeah. not have to worry about. Well, am I going to die today? Was well, as I saw was on saw it or heard it or something that they said that at any given time in the United States, there's a, like what. And like one, maybe two serial killers the, active. It's usually about five is the thing that I saw. Yeah. And there's also also a thing that you know, in your lifetime, you are more than more than likely going to walk past a murderer at least three times in your life. Let's walking down the street or something. You're more more than likely going to walk past a murderer in your life. I'm glad I don't walk. Right. <laughs> You know, and we're not we're not talking like somebody who maybe killed somebody in combat or something like that. We're talking like cold blood, like just went out and fucking mm-hmm. dusted somebody. So I mean, yeah, it's it's probably a good thing that we've got all the security footage and shit now that we like we have because you'll never see that kind of a spike in serial killers ever again. Good and bad you, to you have Big could, Brother watching over you. Yeah, you could never get away with that nowadays. Not in the United States. Like, if you were in a third world country or somewhere like that, you could probably do it. Not here. They will never, never have another serial killer like what we had in the 70s ever again. 
I wouldn't say never. Yeah, there was a police officer in New York that was killing people and keeping their bodies in his freezer and eating them. Yeah, I wouldn't say never. But I mean, I'm talking like numbers wise. Somebody like like uh, Gacy who killed thirty some odd people, or Gary Ridgway who, if you believe him, killed a hundred people, a hundred prostitutes. I don't think you'll ever see numbers like that again. Or Ted Bundy, where they don't know what the number is. Eh, they usually land in like the teens, twenties, somewhere in there. But that's what they can pin him on. They, you know, like they said, they don't know the number because they don't know the actual number. Right. You know, and he started in the seventies. Or uh, you've got like Otis Tool and uh, fuck, what was the other guy's name? Anyway, who took credit for like two hundred fucking murders? Because yeah. it was a drifter, like you know, whatever, but. Whatever. He was taking credit for shit that he definitely didn't do. So, with that said, that was this is a that was a good this is a good topic. Yeah, it was a good series. I you like know. I like doing series. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Keeps me busy. And <laughs> you know what we should do? What's that? Go get zebra cakes. We should go get zebra cakes. We but go. we should Call also back. we should also first talk about our sponsors. Yeah. So studio, you want to have a pair of headphones, earbuds? That uh, you want to listen to this podcast and listen to episodes like this one and not have it so that everybody else can hear you, go to studio.com and look up what they have. And if you want noise canceling so that you can't hear somebody creeping up on your car with a thirty two caliber pistol, they've got the Klar, which are over the ear, which are noise canceling headphones, which are everybody fucking will, excellent looking. Everybody loves noise canceling and not be able to hear somebody come up behind them. Right. And if you, I'm sorry, not if, but when you go onto their website and find what you're looking for. Put in Dark Windows 15 at the promo code. Take 15% off. And, Seth, you've got something to talk about, right? No. you got a thing. Oh, fine. <laughs> Always got to bring me in when I don't want to talk about right? the most spectacular hobby tool known to man, and that is the hobby holder. Like I said at the beginning of the show, head on over to GameMV.net, and that way you can see the amazing hobby holder. You can pick out what you like in the colors and the variety of styles that you like. There's also other amazing little hobby tools like the Brush Bastion, the Paint Puck, the... Oh, what's that thing called? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's right. They have their own little miniature now. It's a knight. What? Yeah, kid. What? Yeah, they got a whole best of other amazing little things because with Valentine's Day right around the corner, you know you got to go over there, pick out something for the people that you love. People that you kind of like, people that you don't like, but you want them to paint miniatures for you. Head on over there. And once you go there, you find what you like. You put all that fun stuff in the checkout cart, and then you put in the promo code Broadstone at checkout, and you will save yourself 10% off the entire order. And where and else can you get miniatures, though? So I, I don't know anywhere else I can get them. Well, if you want to get miniatures or anything miniature game related, card game related, comic book related, collectible related, Head on over to dicehead.com. Home of what is it? What? Wow, you uh, keep was, up that shitty transition. Anyway, we'll go right back to where we <laughs> go before. I was like a fucking dice mile head away. Amateur hour, folks. That is Dicehead Games. You go there, you pick out what you like, you see what you like, you put in all that fun little stuff in your cart, and you get some amazing products. However, if you're into a game system and you want to get out of an old game system, and you're like just seeing stuff collecting dust, you're never going to paint it, you're never going to touch it, you're never going to detail it, you're never going to do anything with it except for just get yelled at by your significant other. Like, why don't you get rid of this? Why don't you shut up and get rid of some of those shoes or those <laughs> pants? 
Those pants are ugly. Anyway. You had too many socks. Too many socks and too much underwear because no one likes wearing underwear on the weekends. No. Anyway, so what you do is you take pictures of those miniatures, whether they're on the sprue, off the sprue, painted, detailed, non-painted, non-detailed, glued, non-glued, doesn't matter. You send them pictures. You tell them that you want to sign up for the trade-in program. And then after two to three days, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less, depending on what you have, because they're doing that one thing. They're researching. They're making sure that they have the best possible price for you guys. And you can send them this stuff and you can put it towards store credit. And then you can put it towards whatever you like. Yeah. Boom. Also, we have another thing. We have another thing? Yes. We also want to say, hey, uh, send in your artwork. Yes, we are for still for the contest. We are still taking applications up until uh, March first. Send it to darkwindowspod Boom. at gmail dot com. Yes, enter to win a pair. Well, not really enter to win because whoever is the winner will get a pair. Yes, we said a pair of your own. Studio headphones and a sticker. They also get a sticker. Everyone gets yep. a, sticker. a sticker and a sticker. You are you are gonna get a pair of Regents, which is what we are currently using doing the show. They are awesome headphones. I would not lie to you about it. They've got like twenty four hours of of uh, battery life when you're running them on Bluetooth. You can run them on Bluetooth or auxiliary. They're m- crazy comfortable. I have never had a nicer pair of headphones than the ones I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. And then if you do win, you can also go onto their website. You can use our discount code, and you can buy replacement caps like the ones I got, the blue marble that match my kitchen, the green marble, I'm sorry, that, blah, blah, blah. that match my kitchen floor, which is kind of fucking cool. But they get all kinds of different colors. It's it's awesome. Like, go check them out. Uh, do it. And, you know, again, send in your artwork, and we will be picking a winner uh, and announcing it on our one-year anniversary episode. Yeah. Are we going to have to do something on my one-year anniversary of joining the show? Uh, I don't maybe. know. We'll touch a butt or something. Yes. We can do that, but damn, I can't believe it's almost one year. We're getting real fucking close, man. You guys are old. Yeah. I know. Wow. feels like we've been doing it a lot longer for some it reason. Is. Fuck. One year, and we have, I think we've uh, just about grown, but we'll talk more about that later on. Yeah. And just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that there's not somebody out there with a pillowcase over their head looking at you with a rifle. No. No, that's not right. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that there's not somebody creeping up behind your car while you're listening to this in the dark. Yes, maybe, possibly. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Kisses. Lots of love. Thank you and good night.